Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with... The Mixed Martial Arts Hour back in your life on this Monday, March 16, 2015. Hello again, everyone. I'm Ariel Hawani inside our New York City studio. I am back from wonderful Dallas. I got to tell you, I grew up a Buffalo Bills fan. I love the Bills. And I hated the city of Dallas. They broke my heart twice. Also, my brothers were huge Cowboys fans. So I hated everything to do with Dallas. Dallas in particular. Plus... The Houston Rockets beat my Knicks in the 94 final. So I didn't really love Texas. But I got to say, every time I go to Texas, I really enjoy it. In particular this time, the people are so nice over there. Great fans. They really show up for UFC events. All kinds of MMA events. Strike Force as well. Very knowledgeable fans. Fun fans. Polite fans. I just like everything about Dallas. Now, I I was smiling a little bit when DeMarco Murray left to the Eagles. And then they put him in the front row and showed him... On the big screen. What balls. But other than that, it was a great trip to Dallas. And holy moly, I'm still catching my breath. I still don't even know what to make of what I saw in Dallas on Saturday night. A new era for the UFC on multiple fronts. Of course, by now you know that Rafael Dos Anjos, I repeat, Rafael Dos Anjos, the man who started his UFC career 0-2. The man who then went 4-4 in his first eight fights. Rafael Dos Anjos, who was primed to be just kind of a, you know, a mid-tier, lightweight, win two, lose one, win two, lose one. You know, we we know those guys. That's what he was going to be. That's what it looked like he was going to be. He beat, he beat up Anthony Pettis for five rounds. There was no doubt. It was five nothing. It was a dominant, this wasn't Clay Guida. This was a systematic breakdown of the man that we thought would be the UFC lightweight champion for many years, or at least for many fights. And Rafael Dos Anjos continues to shock the world. This guy's 9-1 in his last 10. He's now defeated Benson Henderson, Nate Diaz, most recently now Anthony Pettis. I mean, he's beaten a who's who. And a lot of credit goes to the 2014 coach of the year, Rafael Cordero. Now he has the Lightweight champion, <clears throat> the interim heavyweight champion in Fabrizio Verdum. Just a, a shocking result in Dallas, and we'll talk about where he goes from here, and we'll also talk to the man later on in the show. And then in the co-main event, how about a new star being born? You heard her on the show last week. You'll hear her on the show this week. <clears throat> There's some lentil in my throat. <clears> throat> it's very annoying. 
Um, Joanna Jacek of Poland is the new strawweight champion. She beat up Carla Sparza. She did it in two rounds. <coughs> Excuse me. She did it in two rounds. <coughs> That's great. <clears throat> she did it in two rounds, and uh, she is a star in the making. How about this? There's like something in my throat, and I feel like I'm going to choke. It's probably Christian Leitner doing it to me. <clears throat> How about your boy on 30 for 30, huh? Big debut. Thanks to all the people for their nice uh, nice words. Big mothership debut. Anyway, back to Saturday night. Joanna Young Jacek is the new strawweight champion. She's a huge star. She looked amazing. She stole the show in Dallas all week long, and it's going to be fun to talk to her. Okay, what are we doing on this show? As always, we're going to go inside the vault. 3.45 or so, we're going to take your questions and comments. There is a lot to discuss. I just looked at the post. There's 122 questions already. Or comments. 122 before the show even started. I think that's a record. At 3.30, we're going to talk to the new UFC lightweight champion, Rafael Dos Anjos. It was such a beautiful moment. He was backstage with his kids. Remember he said to me on Thursday that he told his kids that he would only bring them to their first fight when he fought for the belt. And he wouldn't let anyone beat him up in front of his kids. He brought him there on Saturday, and he stayed true to his word, and it was so beautiful seeing the kids back there with the wife. They were celebrating that belt. It was a real, it was a real touching moment. I, I, I love that I got to see that. I posted a picture on my Instagram of that. Anyhow, we'll talk to him at 3.30. We'll talk to Ioanni on Jacek at 3.10. She is still in Dallas, living the dream, just the third European champion in UFC history, the first out of Poland. At 2.45, it's true, it's true. We are talking to Kurt Angle. I have a great Kurt Angle story. Kurt and I used to be good buds back in the day. I haven't talked to him in years. I'm really excited to talk to him. Uh, I owe a lot to Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle was my first big interview for jerrypark.com. He was very kind to me, so I'm really excited to talk to Kurt, a member of TNA Wrestling. 2.25, we're going to talk to Phoenix Jones. Phoenix Jones, taking everyone by storm, a.k.a. Ben Fodor, the brother of Carlos Fodor, crime-slash-MMA fighter, just signed with WSOF. Great story. You probably saw it by now on ESPN. 205, we're going to talk to Reza Madadi. Remember him, the Mad Dog? Former UFC fighter, was sentenced to jail, allegedly being a part of a bank robbery. Not a bank robbery. He stole some... Um, some high-priced goods, some, some, some purses and whatnot in Sweden. And he was sentenced to jail, just got out, wants to talk about resuming his career and all that stuff. I'm, I'm really looking forward to talking to the Mad Dog at around 2.05. He'll be in Sweden. 145, friend of the show, Tyron Woodley, will stop by. He wants a piece of Johnny Hendricks. We'll talk about his surgery and all that good stuff. And then at 125, we're going to talk to Khabib Nurmagomedov, the, the man who is undefeated, the man who defeated Rafael Dos Anjos, around a year ago, the man who fights Donald Cerrone at 187 for a chance to fight for the belt. Always a pleasure to talk to Khabib Nurmagomedov. But first, let us go to the Skype machine, and how about this? Look at this new TV that we have. Holy moly, it is gigantic. It is, it is high-end stuff. It is crystal clear. And the first person who will be testing it out is our very own Dave Meltzer. Dave, how are you? Really good, Ariel. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for joining us. By the way... I just mentioned Kurt Angle. He's going to be on the show today. Do you, yeah. do you remember that, that interview that I'm referring to? Abs- absolutely. It was big- funny because... Yeah, go ahead. 
Well, I mean, I remember it because that's kind of how I think that you and I got back in contact. Yeah. Because I remember talking to you when you were in college. Yes. That's our first contact. And then one day somebody said, this, there's this great interview on this website, and it was you. And it was funny just because, like, I remember this guy from college. You yeah. Know? So, yeah. You're a big yeah. part of that as well because you did, like, a, a three-page review of that interview, October of 2007, Kurt had just been arrested for a DUI, and he gave me his first big exclusive. And you reviewed it in The Observer. I thought I had reached the mountaintop. My career was all downhill <laughs> from that point. I was reviewed in The Observer. It was huge. So I always have to thank you for that, and it's going to be fun to talk to him later on the show. But let's talk about UFC 185. I am having a hard time, still 48 hours later, of wrapping my head around what we saw on Saturday night. Rafael Dos Anjos is the new UFC lightweight champion. He beat up Anthony Pettis. Is this shocking to you? Because I, I'm pretty shocked two days later. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole show was amazing because it was just different from any show in a long time because when, when it's like every, you know, every match was either, either a finish or a dominant decision. There was like no, no complaining about the judging and all these yeah. things that you expect after a show. And in both championship matches, I mean, I, 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 you know, it, with, with the benefit of hindsight, I guess I probably should have given Joanna a lot bigger of a chance than than i did but with dos anjos and uh dos anjos and uh pettis i mean i've seen both of them fight for years and years and no i, I didn't expect anything like that i mean even if dos anjos could have won i didn't rule that out of a possibility but not like that i mean i thought that you know anything can happen in a fight type of win not a five round domination this was the the barat dillashaw fight over you know in a lot of ways you know there are some there are some fighters who look unbelievable in, 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 in most of their fights. But then they always meet one guy who seems to have their number. You know, I think of uh, Mike Brown, Uriah Faber. That's a perfect example of that. You know, they could fight over and over again. It seemed like Mike Brown was always going to beat Faber. Do you think that's the case here with Dos Anjos and Pettis? Or do you think maybe the eye injury early on screwed him up? And if they fight again, if they get a rematch, which one would expect one or two more wins for Pettis, he can be right back in there. Do you think he can perform a lot better than that? Because like I said, that was a wipeout. Oh, man, I mean, with the way I the way I saw uh, on that day, I just don't think that Pettis could could have beaten him because there was no, I mean, it wasn't like Pettis was that ineffective. He was landing strikes early, uh, but he couldn't block takedowns, and he was just getting he was getting hit over and over again. I mean, I guess that the eye injury. I'm sure the obviously the eye injury played a part in it, but I don't. I think that that fight that that guy was going to get. He looked like he was going to steamroll him either way. I mean, it was again. I, I sense it was like Dillashaw Barrow, and I guess we'll see in April yeah. if Dillashaw Barrow goes the same way or if Dillashaw Barrow's a different fight. Is this a is this a really big deal for the UFC business wise? Because they put a lot of chips on the Pettis side of the table, right? They had Wheaties, they had Reebok. He just signed with Monster Energy. I mean, he 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 was doing a lot for them, and he's obviously got a great look, and you know he's very marketable. And now you have Dos Anjos, who's you know a very great guy. I mean, he's, he seems like a nice family man, but he doesn't have the same kind of buzz and, and sponsorships and all that. But he is Brazilian, and it wasn't all that long ago that we were saying, you know, Brazilian MMA is in a lot of trouble. All of a sudden, they have three champions once again in the UFC, if you want to count Verdum. How, how do you feel like this is for, for the UFC brass? Like, they'll never say it in person, but behind the scenes, do you think they're devastated about this? I think devastated is too strong of a okay. word because this stuff is just going to happen in, in, in the fight game. I mean, the one thing that I – and I always go back to this one was when uh, Chuck Liddell fought Rashad Evans. And if Chuck Liddell had beaten Rashad Evans, you know, there was going to be a, a, a Chuck Liddell – uh, I think Forrest Griffin championship match, which would have been like phenomenal at that time. Yeah. It would have done in huge business. And Rashad Evans won. And I thought, oh my God. I mean, I was devastated because it's like I was a fan of wanting to see the, the, the company grow in a lot of ways. 
and I saw Dana afterwards, and, and it was just like, look, it's the fight game. This yeah. is this is what happens, and it's like that's that's how I view it. It's like you're going to have some go your way, and you're going to have some not go your way. And Anthony Pettis isn't done. One, you know, look at GSP. I, I don't, I don't, you know, and that was a devastating loss too. One loss doesn't kill you. Um, it hurts. It hurts. I mean. Pettis was a more marketable champion. They've been looking for that lightweight champion who could really cross over, which we haven't had since BJ Penn, really. And Pettis looked like he could have been that guy. I don't think he was quite there yet. Uh, Dos Anjos probably won't be that guy. But look, you, you know, UFC's having a great year right now, and and one championship, you know, going from from Pettis, that's not good. That, uh, devastating, no. Would you say this is one of the most unexpected champions in UFC history, considering how his career went? I mean, the last one that I could think of is Matt Sarin. He got the shot because he won a reality show. But again, when you consider that he lost his first two fights and then was just a 500 fighter for his first eight, I mean, who saw this coming? I keep saying, like, he, to me, you know, like a Gleison Tebow and a Tiago Tavares, I'm not disrespecting them, but these are guys who are around for 19, 20 fights, you know, these Brazilian lightweights that don't have, you know, a big following here in the States, but they're very reliable. They'll always show up to their fights. You know it's going to be a tough fight. That's how I viewed Rafael Dos Anjos. I, I never thought that he would take that next step, and now here he is doing that and then some. To me, he almost kind of feels like the most unexpected champion in UFC history. Is that a crazy statement? Um, It's up there. It's up there. I mean, I guess going through... um. Um, you know, because I would say more than T.J. Dillashaw, because I remember when T.J. Dillashaw came out at the reality show, I did think that yeah. you know, he was a guy who who could have been a champion. Sarah, yeah, just because GSP was such a monster that nobody thought that GSP could be beat. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would, I would. That's that's pretty close. Yeah, I don't want to call it the biggest upset and all this stuff because the odds wouldn't suggest that. But just yeah. considering his career arc and how he started off, it it feels unexpected to me. Now. They said yeah, but having, having having said that, the Benson Henderson fight was a real warning, and even sure. the Cerrone fight. I sure. mean, I mean, it's not like like with Sarah. Sarah had never beaten anyone close to the level of GSP. I mean, the way he waxed Benson Henderson when that fight was over, it was like you know this is a scary guy, and and you know he destroyed you know he pretty much destroyed Nate Diaz. So I mean, he had wins over real top guys, and they were and they were not close wins. So I mean, he he was a very viable number one contender or number two contender or whatever in that thing. I always thought Khabib kind of was number one just because Khabib yep. beat him and Khabib's undefeated. But you know, he really very legitimately could be said was the number two contender coming in. It also felt to a degree like oh, the Cerrone fight. People were saying, "Oh, Cerrone didn't show up." The Benson fight, oh, it was a flash. Like he wasn't getting the respect that he deserved. Until the Nate Diaz fight, I think the Nate Diaz fight, the way he broke him down with those leg kicks, I think he started to then, you know, really get that respect as a number one contender. You mentioned Habib. He's coming back against Cerrone. What interests you more? And, and both of them would be rematches, but the undefeated Nurmagomedov, if he wins against Dos Anjos, or Cerrone, who's a huge fan favorite now. And, I mean, it's unbelievable what he's been able to do and almost become this sort of people's champion, him going for the belt for the first time. Cerrone's the better one for business, but... Uh... Khabib, I mean, the thing is, is like when you when you compile a record like he has and with the win he had over Dos Anjos, and again, his win over Dos Anjos was not a close fight. I mean, he just, he, he you know, he didn't beat him the way that Dos Anjos beat Pettis, but he solidly won the fight. So, I mean, as a fan, I, if I, as far as seeing the two top guys, I, I think that that's the big match in that division right now. Um, you know, I mean, obviously whoever wins should get the next shot, but sure. Khabib, yeah. Let's talk about the co-main event. I am very much on the Joanna Yamjacek bandwagon. I love everything that she is doing, from the way she dresses to the way she speaks to what she says, her demeanor, and then, of course, above it all, her fighting style. And, and give credit to Dana White. From the moment she debuted in the UFC, he was all over her. I mean, he he really pushed her. He was tweeting about her, all this stuff. And, and now she's just the third 
uh, European champion in UFC history, of course, the first from Poland. I think that she can be a very big star, especially in Poland, and the timing couldn't be better for her. With them debuting in Poland next month, they're going to roll out the red carpet for her. Are you as high on her as, as I am? She's got a lot of charm. And yeah. I, mean, I mean, you re re really came across this last week. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I think that, um, um, yeah, I, I think that she's got, you know, again, can it, can it go through like all of Europe and, and as far as, you know, help the business in Poland, you know, when you have a champion in a country, it, it, you know, it certainly helps the sport in that country. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it's a positive. The thing with, with that division, I mean, the thing that it, it's like, okay, so who are going to be her contenders? And I mean, other than Claudia Gadelia, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm having a hard time with, uh, contenders in that division so there's gonna someone's got to start moving up the ranks sure you have that rematch it was a somewhat controversial fight but i think you got to do scotland joanne calderwood if she wins you put her in europe of course it's the champion fighting on enemy territory but that would make the title feel very important with joanne calderwood fighting in scotland with a european champion defending the belt you know on on, on home soil if you will i think that's the way to go well i mean what's going to happen is on that april 11th show yeah um you know, we're we're whoever's the most impressive of those two fighters, yeah. You know, Gadella and and uh, Calderwood. I, I think that when that when that show is over, we're going to look and, and go, okay, this is the one that we want to see because she's those two are. You know, it's great because when you put put two fighters in a situation on the same card, and they know that one of them is, you know, you have to you not only have to win, but you have to win impressively because there's somebody else who may very well win. So I really like that. I mean, it's great for that April 11th show in Krakow because what happens is is that you've got you know, her in her country and you're going to have two fights, both, you know, that are in line and sure. so to speak where, uh, you know, the titles, the, the title shot is at stake. Yeah. It, it really works out great for Sean Shelby and, and that division. You know, what did you make of Esparza's demeanor? And I know this is talked about a lot, you know, on the show is highlighted that she gets nervous, but to me, I thought right away of UFC 118 and BJ Penn, she had no emotion. She was not moving. She, she actually did not move like not even a muscle on her face moved. It seemed like, all the talk, the moment, the first title defense really got to her, and, and she did not seem like herself from the get-go, even her shots, all that stuff. Did you, did you think the same? Because when I saw her right away, it felt like the fight was lost. I can't say right away, but boy, like two minutes in, you, you had this thing in your mind, like there's no way she, she can win this fight. I mean, it was, I think that it was just the idea that, that the, the difference in striking was, was so huge and she wasn't going to be able to keep taking her down. I mean, even if she got a bunch of takedowns early, just the energy expenditure wasn't going to work in five rounds. But I just, I, I think that she, whatever it was, it like it's like it clicked in her head, like, oh my God, what do I do? You know, after she had had, you know, I think Joanna. The, the whole key is, is Joanna is just a much better fighter than mm. the women that she fought in that house. And I think it was really clear. Yeah, and her takedown defense was was amazing. She had shown that before in other UFC fights, but really highlighted in this fight. I want to ask you about Johnny Hendricks. Uh, you know, Dana White didn't seem all that impressed with his performance. Even Johnny himself didn't seem all that impressed with it. But he still says he wants the title next. The timing doesn't really work out for him. And we know these days it's all about timing when you want to get a title shot. The, the title will be defended in July, so four months away. And we got Tyron Woodley coming up. He's been very vocal about getting that fight. Of course, they, they had a bit of a rivalry back in their college days. What would you like to see them do with Hendricks now? I mean, just because of the timing situation, I think it's up to Hendricks because Hendricks is a former champion. I think he got a great win. I think he deserves a championship match right now. I think that if he wants to sit out and wait for that, fine. Um, if not, I mean, Woodley's the guy. I mean, there's there's nobody else, and, and that's, a good, that's a good fight. Um, but 
it's a risk in the sense that, uh, you know, anytime you go into a fight, I would favor Hendricks over Woodley. I think he's got more tools. But, yeah, it's 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 a risk. Woodley could have a great day, and, and then you're out of the picture for a championship fight for a while. Hendricks received some criticism for his performance, and I had no problem with it. I think that's the way you beat Matt Brown. What'd you make of it? I thought he was really good. Yeah. Because it's like he, Crazy he, 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 he struck with him when he needed to strike with him. He took him down when he had the opportunity to take him down. I, I mean, it was like he... He didn't finish him, but I mean, who's you know Matt Robbie Lawler didn't yeah. finish Matt Brown either. Matt Brown's a tough guy, and I mean, when when you're in with a tough guy and there's a championship, you know, fight at stake, I mean, you go to your strengths, and his his big advantage was the wrestling, and and, and the thing is, it wasn't just like weak takedowns. These were great takedowns. I'm a fan of wrestling, so I mean, it was like I I liked that fight a lot. I was surprised people were going like, oh, the fight wasn't that good, and it's like it wasn't the war of maybe the the Hendricks and Lawler fights, but I thought it was a very entertaining fight. I was never bored for a second in it. Something interesting happened after the Overeem-Nelson fight. Dana White glowing about Roy Nelson, who he's had a a very rocky relationship with over the years, but he he, he went out of his way to give him props at the press conference, even on Twitter yesterday, saying he spoke to him, saying he's, 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 he's not human, all this stuff. And I found that to be interesting because... He was somewhat critical of Overeem and, and saying that he thought he should try to finish him later on in the fight. And I'm wondering, how can you be so so blown away by Nelson absorbing all those shots and not give credit to the guy who was dishing out the punishment? I was blown away by Reem. I think he's the one we should be talking about. He seemed more relaxed, quick on his feet than usual. I, I thought that was a coming out party, if you will, for Overeem, the Overeem we've been waiting for. Yeah, I mean the, the key is, is is that he didn't get tired and he fought at a pretty decent pace. I mean when I was when when I was looking at this fight going in, the you know I I expected a lot of what happened er, to to take place early, but I just figured at some point Roy was going to catch yes. him in a three round fight and yes. then Overeem would get tired. Right, those were the two things. So I thought like I actually thought it was pretty good chance that uh, you know that Roy Nelson would win even watching that first round because like okay you know he's going to at some point he's going to catch him and at some point. Overeem's going to get tired, but Overeem was a much smarter fighter than he's ever been um, in in UFC. I mean, even and even like in his pride days when he was killing everyone, he was just coming out and killing everyone. I mean, this was he paced it well. He had his strengths on on Nelson, and it was anyone but Nelson. He's finishing that guy, and yeah. probably late first round, early second. So, and again, okay, Mark Hunt did finish Roy Nelson, but Roy Nelson is very difficult to finish. So. I mean, I can't fault anything about Overeem's performance. It was it was his best performance in UFC, really. And I'm I mean, not, I guess you could say the Lesnar one because it was so one-sided, but since the Lesnar fight anyway. Yeah, and I'm not trying to take any, anything away from Nelson. Uh, he, he certainly absorbed a lot of shots, and, and he, he showed a lot of heart. But to me, the big story coming out of that fight was Reem and really showing the effects of training with Jackson Winklejohn now in Albuquerque. He seems like a, a much more polished fighter. And I was waiting for that moment, like you said. It came very late in the fight, but... Credit to Overeem, he was able to uh, he was able to weather that storm. Now I want to ask you also about Henry Cejudo. A lot of people excited about him. The guy speaking Spanish at the press conference, Dana White, very excited about him as well, and saying he's all but booked for Mexico City. How far away do you think he is from a title shot? Because let's be honest, that division needs someone like Henry Cejudo. Yeah, I would say if if he goes, um, you know, in in Mexico City against somebody like uh, maybe Formiga, mm-hmm. um, but you know, a, a, a top guy. Um, you know, that, that's available and wins that. I could see him getting the shot, you know, the next shot right after that, just because, again, Demetrius Johnson has beaten everyone in the division. Um, you know, um, you, you could go, I, I suppose, Dodson. But really, Cejudo would feel more fresh than Dodson. Sure. Um, so, 
and and I think he's I think he's more marketable on a worldwide basis with the gold medal and everything. So I I would say one win and uh, you know I mean I, I hate the idea of like two wins in the weight class and you get a title shot, sure. but if he can look like this again, you know, and again. We don't know what happens. What happens um, against a, t- a tougher guy? I mean, a lot of guys look, you know, just spectacular on the way up, and then they hit a level, and all of a sudden they're not spectacular. But if he can do one more fight like this against a top five guy, I would say, yeah, because the one thing with him, because of the wrestling and, and just because of the overall athleticism, he does feel, and nobody else does in that division. He does feel like a guy who maybe can beat Johnson, and the rest of those guys, I look at and just go. I don't think any of them can beat Johnson. So, so I, I, I'm more excited about his prospects to get a shot than anybody else in the division. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not afraid to uh, kind of fast track it. Yeah, I, I do wish he had a little more time, but those are the, the cards that we're playing with at 125. Okay, all of that was foreplay to get to this. This is what I really want to talk to you about. You wrote a great article on MMAfighting.com last week about Brock Lesnar, the hottest free agent in combat sports. We're around, I guess now, two and a half, three weeks away or so from him becoming an official free agent. Go on the record for us. Where is he going to sign? I mean, logic keeps telling me WWE because and, – and, and it's the age. If he was 33, I would say UFC, uh, 32, 33. But, but it's just he's been gone for three years. And, and the only – I mean, and I know he said this to people that he feels like he has unfinished business in UFC. But I just think that, um, you know, the, the age is tough. You look at wrestlers his age. And I mean that, you know – Right when I, you know, right that that last show with Munoz and Koshek, and it's like they were all contemporaries. They were all in the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. I mean, Lesnar in in two thousand, Koshek was the same year, and then also in 01. And it's like I I look at Munoz and Koshek, and it's just like you know they're they're done. And and and. Oh, keep going, keep going. Uh, okay, so so um, yeah, so that's my um, my my feeling is it's probably going to be WWE. It's just especially with the kind of schedule he has. But the question is, will WWE offer him that same kind of cush contract? And that may mm. be the problem because there is a problem, and I don't know what it is between him and Vince McMahon. I know it wasn't settled as of last Monday. I know that they are not. Brock is not on the show tonight, so Brock's next show will be this coming Monday. And that's his last show before WrestleMania. There's not a problem. He was on the show last week. He's going to be at WrestleMania. That That's all said and done. Um, but his contract expires the day after WrestleMania. And, you know, Dana... I know Dana gets that twinkle in his eye, you know, where he just <laughs> kind of laugh. And, and, and it's like, you know, when he's a free agent, you know, we will have that discussion where I, I, I feel, you know, from reading Dana, that Dana is very confident. I know from talking to people in UFC and that, that, that go, you know, we, we really think we're going to get him. So um, I, I, I guess it's a possibility. But with Brock, I always think that all of this is, is, is all set up by Brock. I think that the timing is just unbelievable. I mean, you've got Bellator in play, whether he'll actually go there. Uh, but he's got, he's got three places that he can go. He doesn't really need money, and he can make money with any of them. So it's, it's just a question of, at this age, does he want to be in competitive sports? Because if he doesn't do it now, he will never do it. And you do have those last regrets. The punk thing. If he has the mentality of punk, he'll, he'll take UFC. But I don't think he does. Hmm. You know, speaking of Punk, he told me that he believes his debut coupled with Brock Lesnar's return would beat the UFC's pay-per-view record. What do you think? I would have to see the lay of the land and what else is on that show and, and, and how much momentum he gathers. And, and again, um, I, I mean, my gut right now would say no, but, you know, the, so much of UFC is is just dependent on, you know, groundswell at the last minute. Sure. And, um you know, and, and punk, punk is great at talking. And, 
you know, again, how much interest there will be. It, it will do very well with wrestling fans, though, if you put both of them. If they were both return on the same show, yeah, that would be a, a that would be big with wrestling fans. It would be a curiosity. And if you had a big MMA title fight with a marquee star combined uh, with those with the number two and number three fight with the right main event, yeah, you know, that one could do real well. Final quick thing. Do you think it's going to be one of those situations where we'll only know what he's doing at WrestleMania? Meaning, if he loses the belt, he's gone. If he retains, we know he's staying? If he retains, we know he's staying. I yeah. don't think he's retaining, though, either okay. way. Regardless. If he, if he loses, I don't think it's a signal of okay. anything. Right. If he retains, though, if he retains, that would shock me. And, and that would mean... He, I, I don't see him retaining unless he's already signed the contract. And do you think the there's a chance he doesn't sign before WrestleMania? Like like there's a two-month period where we're kind of in limbo, or do you think it gets done either way around that time? Um, I think pretty quickly after that time, one way or the other. Because, again, if he's going to make the move to UFC, yeah. the sooner the better. Time's sure. not on his side. So whatever he's going to do, I think it's a decision that's going to be made uh, probably very quickly after WrestleMania. Dave, a pleasure as always. Thank you so much for the time. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, great. Thanks, Ariel. All right, there he is, Dave Meltzer of MMAFighting.com and, of course, the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. Let's move along now. We were just talking about him, and now we get to talk to him, talking about the man who is going to face Donald Cerrone at UFC 187, May 23rd, a man who lights up my Twitter feed almost every day, and I love it. I'm talking about Khabib Nurmagomedov, who's in California right now, I believe. Khabib, are you there? Yes, hi, Ariel. How are you? How are you, my friend? Where are you right now? Everything okay. I am on the, my my way to the gym, and uh, I'm in California. <laughs> You're going to AKA, right? Yes, yes, yes. Now you you will be at AKA from from now until your fight, correct? Yes, yes. Do you enjoy that, or would you prefer to stay home? No, I enjoy training in AKA because you know. Every day, two times training in a K. And before I have injured, and I know training hard, but now I'm ready 100%. And, and uh, every day, I train two times with uh, Javier Mendez, with a lot of guys in uh, a K. And, and I enjoy it. What was it like going back there? Because it had been around a year or so since you had been back, right? Good attention. Uh, yes, yes. Were they happy to see you? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I need because to talk. Yes, go ahead. One of, one of the best lighters in the world, but why not happy? <laughs> Wait, you're one of the best? Yes. Of course. One of the best. You're one of the best or the best? I think uh, number one. Number I think number one. Well, I have I'm to ask you... I have to ask you about uh, Saturday night because you were one of the first people to say Rafael Dos Anjos is going to quote unquote smash Anthony Pettis, and I got to be honest with you, I didn't really believe you. I didn't. Th- I mean, I think maybe he can win, but smash, and that's exactly what happened. Why were you so confident? Because I feel Rafael Dos Anjos when I, when I fight with him before fight with me, he smashed five five win streak. He smashed a lot of guys. Smashed Cowboy Saroni too. And after me, he had a very good win streak, free win streak, knock out Benson Henderson. And uh, when I fight with Rafael Dos Santos, I feel he's a very strong guy. But, um, you know, when I when I say he smashed Anthony Pettis, a lot of people say, hey, Habib said, say stroke, la, la, la. But, but you know, uh, I, I feel this. I feel this because 
you remember after UFC 181, I told you I won't fight with uh, Anthony Pettis, <laughs> and you say, uh, you, and you say, uh, what what plan you have with uh, Anthony Pettis? I told you, move forward, push him, take him down, take him down easy. I told you, and uh, give him hard punch, and you know I told you, but uh, Rafael dos Anjos make my plan with uh, Anthony Pettis. And now I think a lot of people understand now I am no trash talker. I say true. So so are are you are you suggesting do you think that Pettis was overrated, that people in the media like myself thought he was better than he really than he really is? No, I think uh, he's he's no bad fighter but his ground is uh, is uh, grappling and wrestling is zero. This is my mind, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I I think uh, he's maybe maybe top ten, maybe maybe. I think a lot of people in lightweight can beat this guy. I think Michael Johnson, Edson Barboza, and uh, I, Rafael Dos Anjos. I think a lot of people can beat me, beat, beat him. I think. So you think even if Dos Anjos fights him again, they have a rematch. Dos Anjos wins easy. I think uh, next next fight maybe finish him. <laughs> and you 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 remember I told you he's not true champion. Sure. And I told I I told uh, you before uh, Rafael dos Santos can beat him. I can beat him, and Lara Lara fighters can beat him. But uh, all the time, Dana White say he's pound for pound king. He's uh, one of the greatest. He, his coaches say he's Mayweather in MMA. I think it's a joke, you understand? And uh, now everybody understands who is who. You know, Rafael Dos Santos, I am, and Cowboy, and uh, Michael Johnson, these guys, top, top five, top four in lighter division. But now Anthony Peters goes to the prelims. The prelims? <laughs> but, but wait a second. You, you know Pettis beat Cerrone, right? And beat him rather quickly. Uh, before yes, now maybe no. Oh okay. Maybe may, may, maybe Pettis and Cerrone maybe um, same style, same same rating, you know, ranking, and uh, I don't know. Are you are you disappointed that you're not the one to beat Anthony Pettis? Did you want that? You know, I very want this fight. You know, and when UFC give him Rafael dos Santos, I'm understand, I'm understand, but no more. You know. I understand Rafael Dos Anjos smash him, and for me, need fight versus Rafael Dos Anjos. And no more Anthony Pettis. Now, for me, need forget Anthony Pettis. Let me ask you, why did you take the Cerrone fight? Because I think a lot of people would consider you already to be the number one contender, especially now after Dos Anjos won. But that fight is happening in, you know, what, around two-plus months from now. Why not just have your next fight be for the title? Did you want to have a... Uh, a non-title fight first to get warmed up again because you've been out for so long? Because I think a lot of people wouldn't have, you know, criticized you if you just waited for the belt. No, you know, now Rafael Dos Santos, if I now take this fight, now Rafael Dos Santos has a little bit injured his knee. Yeah. Maybe he relaxed two months and after he needs three months of preparing. This is five, six months. You know, I no want to wait, you know, so if you know have fight with... One one and a half years. This is no good for for you. And uh, you know, and my father said you need take one fight. My father and um, 
I'm all the time uh, speak my with my father, and uh, he said you need you need one fight before the title shot because you have a big injury. And uh, I listen to my father. I listen to my big brother Ali Abdelaziz and uh, Rizwan, uh, and he said one fight before the title shot is no bad. And and Cowboy Starone before the title fight is. Very good, very good opponent for me. Do you think this is the perfect opponent for you? Like this is the perfect way to get ready for a title shot? Uh, do, do you not think he'll be a... Go ahead. Before before title shot, it's, uh, it's very good. But uh, Cowboy is, I think, I'm all the time think, oh, I'm very comfortable, you know. Uh, for me, need, uh, for me, need, uh, focus this fight. But uh, I am... I feel, I feel he he all the time fly. I smell this guy. I feel, but I feel, I feel he little bit scared because my wrestling is another level, and uh, he all the time say this is no good fight for fans. Uh, if this is no good fight for fans, why you take this fight? I I, I feel he little bit scared. Really? What makes yeah. you What makes you say that? <sighs> I think you know his um, his stand up is no bad, but my 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 pressure, my 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 pressure, you know, my pressure, my spirit, you know his spirit, you know, lot lot of lightweight guys smash him, and I I I watch his face in second and third round, he like he he, he like a you know. Um, I don't know, but I I I I feel one hundred percent is scared. One hundred percent. You know, he did a uh, Q and A on Friday in Dallas, and someone mm-hmm. someone asked him about you. Of course, a lot of people did, but one answer was 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 very telling. He said, "He's really getting under my skin, talking about you. He's doing a good job talking shit on Twitter and trying to get under me, and it's working. <laughs> so I'm stocking that up, and I'm going to come fucking unglued. That's what he said about you." Are you happy that you're getting under his skin? <laughs> no, I'm not happy. This is funny. No. <laughs> cowboy. <laughs> cowboy is fake. I don't, I don't think so. He's really cowboy. I think he's fake. <laughs> he all the time drink, drink, drunk. You know, I don't think so. He's really cowboy. You think <laughs> he's fake really cowboy, cowboy, Fugazi? I am really cowboy. I am mountain guy, you know. I training hard all my life. And I try... I, Wrestling to the beach, you know. I'm really cowboy. He's no gay drunk guy. <laughs> Wait, you're you're saying you think you're more of a cowboy than Cowboy Cerrone? Is that what you're saying? Yes, I am. Da- I am Dagestan cowboy, one hundred percent. He's no really cowboy. <laughs> Are you going to show up to the fight in May wearing a cowboy hat? No, no. I have my headgear, traditional Dagestan cowboy sure. headgear. <laughs> But are you surprised that you're getting under his skin? Because a lot of people talk trash to him, but he admitted it. And and sometimes people don't admit this because they don't want to give you that victory. So were you surprised when you heard this? No, you know why he's a little bit nervous? Yeah. Because I say true. I say true because he's a little bit nervous. I, I know say trash talk. I say true and he's a little bit nervous. Oh, for many wrestling, for many wrestling partners. But it's okay. After two months, we have fight, and we have this crazy fight. And when cage closed, he understand, wow, this guy is crazy. Why I take this fight? 
Why I take this fight? Because I want to be a smash this guy. He say, oh, I want to smash this guy, kick his ass. But, okay, 23rd May. 23rd May. Yeah. And, you know, I'm wondering, are you going to keep doing this? Are you going to keep talking to him on Twitter? Now that he's admitted that it's getting under his skin, are you going to now even do it, you know, even more so than you were doing it before? I don't know, you know. I do what I want. I do what I want. And I feel... I feel one. I feel I am number one now. I feel I'm number one. Twenty-six years old, and I'm young. I'm hungry, and uh, you know. And I do what I want. And when cage closed, oh boy, you need fly, and you fly one hundred percent. Do you not like Cowboy? Do you have a problem with him personally? Like, is this a guy that bothers you? No, no. I don't know. I I see him maybe two or three times. Uh, Never have problem with him, but uh, <clears throat> he's no good. For example, for kids, for sports, you know, he's all the time drunk. Oh, I'm cowboy. Uh, a lot of people. Uh, he's all the time drunk after uh, after uh, you know after fights, and uh, I don't know, but I'm very comfortable. I I I, got I, it. I, I, believe, yes. I, I, I believe myself. I believe my boxing, I believe my pull, uh, I believe my spirit, my wrestling is, you know, and uh, cowboy, and this is good for me, he's all the time drunk, uh, this is bad for him, and I can't wait when cage calls, when, I can't wait. So since you're so good at predictions, let's go on the record right now, two months before the fight, how will you beat him? Now I'm I, I I'm ready now maybe seventy five percent you know mm-hmm. uh, now I have eight weeks before fight I train hard all the time every day and I'm running do crossfit wrestling sparring everything I do everything and after seven eight weeks I I think my weight is good I'm I'm ready one hundred percent and. Uh, I have very good plan. I make plan with my father, with Javier Mendes, with, me, with my big brother, Ali Abdelaziz. And <clears throat> I think after seven, eight weeks, <clears throat> I'm ready, 100%. I liked your tweet recently. You said, hey, someone wake up Donald Cerrone. I, I, I just had two <laughs> workouts. <laughs> Where do you come up with this stuff? <laughs> who's your teacher? My teacher? Yeah, who's your teacher? No, no. But before before I have one teacher DC, you know, but now I, he's very expensive for me. <laughs> and, and now I change my teacher. Ali Abdelaziz is my now teacher. He 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 give me English practice for, for free. He say after fight I take money. <laughs> wow. And 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 do you really believe that? Do you think he's taking you lightly? That he's sleeping in? He's not taking this fight seriously? Hmm. No, I think I take this fight easy. I think, but Cowboy is no bad. Seven win streak. Sure. And uh, you know, seven missing is no easy. But I am for him. My style is it's crazy. This is my style for him is very bad. You know, Cowboy no like when you pressure him, when you punch him, go forward, no stop, take him down. Cowboy no like. Cowboy like 
only send kickboxing match, you know. I am no kickboxer. I, I am MMA fighter, you know. And um, I think I take this fight easy. Like 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 the like Dosanya, right? Fight. I think same fight. Hey, how about maybe maybe I want second or third round. I won't finish him. Maybe I give him Kimura. Oh really? Yeah. Yes. I, this is my plan. Kimura. If cowboy listen, please. Cowboy need <laughs> training defense for Kimura. <laughs> That's what you're going for. Yes, I want second or third round. I won't give him Kimura. Any difference? And, and this is no joke. This is no Sorry. joke. Um, after, after fight, we talk about this with you, Ariel. Yeah, I, I, forget it. I will remember. Hey, how about seeing another European, Ioana Jacek, win on uh, on Saturday night? It's like all of a sudden Europe Europe can have a lot of. We can have Conor McGregor. There could be, you know, of course, you, Ioana. That this is big, right? Wow, Johanna is crazy. You know, I, I watched this fight. She she has very big experience for Muay Thai, but she no kick, and uh, she only boxing. Uh, you know, she has very good plan, defense, for wrestling, and uh, punches face, very relaxation in the cage. You know, she have only second fight in the UFC, and she very relax relaxation, and she very comfortable. You know. She like a champion, and now she champion, and uh, I think nobody American girls can beat this this girl. I I, I this girl. I think this is my mind. She talks good uh, good trash too. It seemed like she got under Carlos Barza's skin. No, no, I I don't I don't think so. She talks uh, she talks oh. trash. You don't think she, so? she said too before she said I take this belt and after after fight she failed. But this is no trash talk, you know. And this, this is she. She say and she do, you know. And uh, she undefeated and undefeated. But what my She's point, my point was, it proves that maybe if you get in your opponent's mind, like perhaps you're doing with Cowboy, that's half the battle, right? I mean, if you do that, then the fight maybe goes your way, and it's an easier fight than if you weren't doing that. Mm, if you say you're. If you say what you think, yeah, you need to say. You know, if you think you take him down easy and take this fight, why, why you, why you not say? You know, you need to say what you think. And this is MMA. A lot of people here, a lot of UFC fighters, and um, you need talk. You need you. You don't need to talk trash talk. You need talk what you think, your mind, and uh, you you uh, what you have in your heart. You know. Everything okay. This is this is not bad. This is not a lot of people are a little bit shy, but uh, you need English if you come. Uh, if, if you if your English is no is no good, you need preparing your English. You need to say what you think. I think it's not bad. This is MMA. Sure. Okay. Two this last. Is, this, this this is not only sport. This is not only sport. Entertainment, right? Yes. Yes. I I have two last quick questions for you. Uh, the first, the first one is, how are they treating you back home? I mean, do they recognize that you are close to becoming a champion? That you have a big fight, all this stuff. Do you get a lot of attention, a lot of media, a lot of sponsors? Or are they treating you like the star that you are? In the home now, I am little, little bit star, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but you know, a lot of people believe me, and a lot of Russian fans and you know, believe me and. I think for me, to take this belt for Russian MMA, and 
in uh, <clears throat> you know if i take this belt this is very good for me for my family for my friends for my team for all dagestan and russian people and uh, i think this year i take this belt this is very important for me and for my people very important and my last thing is this is a great card ufc 187 two title fights two amazing title fights wideman belfort and John Jones versus Rumble Johnson, but you have done a great job. Both of you have done a great job of selling this fight. Is it possible that your fight will be more anticipated than the other two, the the, the big title fights? Do you think more people are going to look forward to your fight than the two title fights? Um, I think my fight versus Cowboy, this fight is main event, ah. I think. You missed one I word, the because, people's main event, because, right? Because I think uh, pound for pound king John Jones is... Anton Joseph no have chance. This is my mind. And only first round. And uh, Chris Weidman is true champ. This is not very interesting. <laughs> very old Vitor Belfort. At number one contender fight. Cowboy versus, uh, Cowboy versus uh, Nurmagomedov. I think is very interesting fight for a lot of fans. Because I have a lot of fans in Russia. You know, a lot of people watch now. Uh, my fight and uh, it's a very interesting fight. I think my fight versus Cowboy is my name, 100%. By the way, have you have you ever talked to uh, Fyodor or have you talked to him recently about you kind of being the new generation of the, the Russian fighter? Uh, I talk only one time um, with Fyodor and uh, I don't know, we'll see. After this fight, we'll see. You know, But a lot of people believe me and for me, it take this fight, and after, take the belt. And, you know, now I am, for me, it's very hard training, believe myself, and for me, it come back after big surgery, uh, hard training, and focus my, this fight versus Cowboy, and after, take this belt, uh, fight versus uh, Rafael Los Angeles. All right. Well, Khabib, uh, a pleasure. And, uh, yes, yes. Oh, well, one, one. <clears throat> what, what you say? Oh, no, I was going to say goodbye, but please, say more. Uh, uh, yesterday, yesterday, I, 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 I read, he say, uh, Ron, Ron, Ronda Rosie, <laughs> he have with Ronda Rosie, <laughs> 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 grappling match, but I think Ronda Rosie can beat Cowboy, because Cowboy, Cowboy is, uh, the wrestling defense is zero, you know. Maybe she take him down ten times and he done, you know. But yesterday I read this. What did you read? You re what, that I said that? No, no, no. He said, he said, oh, oh I grappling Ronda Rosie. Ah, okay, okay. And, uh, you think Ronda takes him down ten times in a row? I, I think maybe seven or ten times she take him down and he done, you know. Uh, because cowboy no like take down, he's scared. <laughs> <laughs> he no he no like to get take down, and he need go kickboxing. But in MMA, in MMA, this is uh, very dangerous for him because he have fight with me. I am take take down machine twenty one time. I have record, and if I when I have fight with him, I won new record, maybe twenty five, twenty four. And after fight, we talk about this. Don't uh, forget. I, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I will remember. Don't, don't forget. Don't forget, but. Okay. Uh, Khabib, thank you so much. Salam alaikum, my friend.
Okay, brother. Wa alaikum assalam. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Good luck to you. Okay, thanks so much. There he is, Khabib Nurmagomedov. What more can you say about that man? Proof that if you just learn a little English and, and are able to market yourself, this guy is taking everyone by storm, talks a mean game, and holy moly, I am now incredibly excited. He nailed it. People's main event, UFC 187, Khabib Nurmagomedov versus Donald Cerrone. That is going to be a very fun buildup. It has begun already. He's the real cowboy. Oh, my gosh. Can't wait to hear Donald's response to that. All right, let's move along. Another man who knows a thing or two about promoting oneself, getting your your name, your word out there, is our guest at this time. Friend of the show, perhaps New York Rick's favorite guest in the history of the MMA Hour. He has gone on record as saying that. The one and only Tyron Woodley joins us now on our new Skype machine. Tyron, how are you? I'm doing good. How you guys are doing? I- I'm doing great. Are we in your new palace? Is this where we're coming we to? We are in the new Woodley Palace. Look at you. And um, we're in the kitchen right now. Wow. You've made it. You're living large. Almost, almost. <laughs> got, a, got a couple more things I need to do. Now, I have a lot to talk to you before we get to Saturday. First things first, how's your leg? My leg's doing good. I get this cast off Monday, and um, I'll be ready to kick some butt pretty soon. Monday? Wow, this went by fast. And then how, how, much, yeah. how, how much rehab do you have to do afterwards? Um, it just depends. You know, I got a, a guy named Jeff Powell. He does something called Russian Stem, but it's through a machine called the Arpway. So it has ability... To basically penetrate almost 500 muscle contractions per second. So this is going to speed up quite quickly for me because I didn't have any ligament um, damage. You know, sometimes bone, once that bone's set and is healed, I'll make sure that my foot, my calves, my legs, everything that goes along with it, that are up to speed and to be ready to roll. I saw you doing something. You had this, like, contraption on your leg, and you were hitting uh, the heavy bag. I've never seen something like this before. I, I think you were kind of, you, you had, your, your, your knee was on it. But it was holding yeah. you steady, right? Well, what is that thing? I've never seen that before. Yeah, I don't want to give them too much props because they already getting a little, little oh, extra too much love? love on the social oh, media. Oh, and they're not paying you? They're not paying you? No, they're not paying me yet. So we got we got to hold off on giving their name out. But, okay, fair enough. But it's, it's 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 something that I use. You know, I also have a knee scooter, and you know, I think it's 2015, and I can sit around on my butt and get huge and you know, miss weight like some of my peers. But what I want to do is I want to make sure that I'm ready to roll. I'm ready to fight. So you got to do extreme things. So I put this thing on. Basically, it'll, it turns my leg into a peg leg, and I can move around. I can use both hands. I can do head motion. I can do pull-ups, push-ups, dips. So I'm going to maintain my strength during this period. Uh, my boxing coach and I just set up some some times to work out three or four days a week just to keep my hands rolling. And when this boot comes off, I'm going to be already halfway sprinting. Miss weight like some of my peers. Look at that subtle shot at Kelvin. I thought you guys were cool. We are cool, but um, last time I checked, um, I, I seen some little interviews out there about um, him not losing to me and, you know, um, something about he was surprised the UFC wanted him to fight me. Oh. I just thought that was kind of a stab to me because I, I, I didn't really smash on him or bash on him. Sure. And then, miraculously, we get a new tough coach. So I guess, mm-hmm. you know, for me, I just need to do the opposite of what I've been doing, which is fighting top 10 guys, beating them, and then I'll, I'll project to that title shot. So do you, do you kind of feel like uh, you regret giving him that money, 
to give no, you. No, not at all. I did. I did that because I felt I felt led by God to do that. I thought it was a good thing to do. Um, it wasn't really him. I was frustrated with. It was the fact that I felt like the fight wasn't promoted the way it should have been promoted. I felt like the mentions or talks of a number seventh ranked guy fighting for a world title and just completely skipping past me. Even the initial flyers that were saying Kelvin Gastelum versus Tyron Woodley. I think that you know I've earned my respect in this game. You know, I'm humble. I don't talk a lot of crap. And even after the fight, I never talk crap. I never talk crap leading up to the fight. I gave him a lot of credit because style-wise, he posed a lot of threats to my style. And, um, you know, I gave him his due. And um, I just think that the fans and I think that the organization needs to – they need to get serious, man, because I'm I'm tired of seeing the same people fight for the title over and over again. You know, we need to get some new blood in there. And we will get to that in a second. But uh, did you like the way that whole thing went down, you know, uh, missing the weight and and, and, and you kind of having to step up there? I mean, did you feel like that was all handled well? Um, You know, from Kelvin, I I just told him that I wasn't frustrated with him. I just didn't like that on top of the frustration I had leading up to the fight, which I kept quiet about. I just went to my training camp. I had, you know, a good camp, and I came in there prepared to do my thing. And then I get there, and I'm ready to make weight. And then they told me 30 minutes before we walked out there. So if the weigh is at 4 o'clock, I learned about the weight issue at 3.30. Then after the weigh-in, I felt like, you know, I felt like it was kind of draining down on me. I'm like, I may wait. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it, it is what it is. You know, I, I feel like sometimes those are, those distractions come in training camp uh-huh. and they come before the fight. But if you've had a great camp and everything has been so fun and you're enjoying it, your weight's great, uh, it made sense to me that the distraction would have came at that point through that way and just try to take my focus off the fight. So I still went out there and did my thing, got the win, and, um, you know, I think that's the sixth or seventh um, top ten guy I've beaten so far. And by the way, uh, going back to the surgery for a second, you posted this hilarious video of you immediately after the surgery. That's the most pain you've ever felt in your life? In my life. Why was it so painful? Gracious. It was so painful because my doctor's a sports doc. I got I got referred to him by the St. Louis Rams. Okay. So they sent me to the best guy they had you know access to. This guy said, because I'm an athlete and because I'm a fighter and a lot of my fighting is done barefoot, with my feet, he didn't want to give me what they call a nerve block. And if you've ever had surgery, a nerve block is your best friend. Oh. Ever, ever, ever. He didn't give me a nerve block because he didn't want me to have any nerve damage. So when he did that, I felt everything. Oh, no. You hit a bump, I felt like I got surgery again, you know. If I didn't get on the side, so for the first 48 hours, he said, you're not going to like me very much. You want to beat me up. <laughs> but in the long haul, I just didn't want anything. So he's been... He's been extremely conservative on my rehab. He wants me to come back. He's a fan of MMA, and he wants to see me wearing that belt. Wow, that is crazy. Okay, let's talk about Saturday. You have been very vocal about wanting to fight the winner of Hendricks Brown. Of course, Hendricks is now the winner. And you were all over Twitter. You are calling out. But I was surprised about something. Someone specifically asked Dana White about this at the press conference, saying, did Tyron Woodley hit you up after that fight asking for the fight? And we know that you've done this before. You did it with the Condit fight. And he said no. I was surprised. I thought you would have gone straight to his phone. Why didn't you do that? Well, unfortunately, I have my phone for Skype right now. I would turn the phone towards you, and I would show you the messages that Dana White received after the fight. You know, he didn't tell a lie. I sent it to him the next morning because I didn't want to bug him. Okay. I know it was a long night. But usually it's just Dana, but this time Joe got a message. (laughs) Lorenzo got a message. Dana got a message. I'm tired of this, man. You know, it's to the point where I don't want to sound like I'm whining and complaining. But why do we have a ranking system? When you have a number five welterweight 
who's fought back-to-back number one contender fights and has never beaten a top 10 welterweight, ever. He beat Eric Silva, and he beat um, Jordan Mann, which are tough guys. I'm taking nothing from those guys, but they're not top 10. They're not Tarek Safadine, Paul Daly, Koscheck, Carlos Condit. They're not Dung Young Kim, who's beat Matt Brown. They're not Kelvin Gastelum, who they said will fight for a world title if he beat me. At some point, you got to realize that we're getting tired of these rematches, tired of these trilogies. You know, Johnny Hendricks has fought GSP. It was a close fight. When I was there, I thought he won. When I rewatched it, I thought GSP won. He fought Robbie in two close fights. I think that we need some new blood. We got these guys like myself and other fighters who are doing what they're supposed to do. How does a number five-ranked fighter fight the number one guy? And I don't fight the number one guy. I feel like like Matt Brown should have been fighting Carlos Condit. I should have been fighting... um, I should have been fighting um, Johnny Hendricks and maybe Gasolum and Tiago can fight or something. You know what I mean? They <laughs> they can shuffle the deck a little bit differently. And what they've done is I think we've gotten a little greedy with the matchups and it's throwing everybody off sync. So now you got these guys fighting in March and then you got Robbie and uh, Roy fighting in July. Yeah. Technically, they, they didn't fight in the world title fight. They didn't even fight a five-round fight. So therefore, they should be ready to fight around July. They shouldn't wait seven, eight months that's four months away. Mm. So they're supposed to wait four months, and then the champion's supposed to turn around and fight in two or three months? It's going to be eight months before the opportunity to fight the winner. Now, what if somebody get injured? What if somebody get hurt? What if it's a draw? So in the meantime, I think Johnny should fight me. We got unfinished business from the Big 12 days. I think it's a great style matchup. Two wrestlers with heavy power, you know, beating a lot of top 10 guys. And, and I think that when he made his stake to get to the title, he did the same thing Roy did. They beat all these guys, and they deserved the title, but they didn't get it. He finally got his opportunity, okay? Now it's guys like me, who's had some bumps along the road, but I've always came back like elastic. You saw me lose <laughs> to freaking Jay Shields, and I bounce back and I knock out freaking, you know, I knock out Koshek, I lose to Roy McDonald. Two months later on short notice, I knock out Dung Young Kim. Let's, let's be for real. Let's get this thing going. Okay, so what do you think? Did you get any responses? Did you get any any feedback from this uh, this idea of yours? No, I haven't, but what? I got the feedback from the fans, and I know they're getting it because unless you just turn your notifications off, the, the social media world has been booming talking about this fight. I think it makes sense. You know, I might even see Johnny this weekend at the NCAA tournament, oh. and I'm going to say, hey, Johnny, we can be cool before. We can be cool immediately after. We need to get this fight on, man. It's what the fans want to see. It's great for the wrestling community, which is pretty much 75% of the top fighters are wrestlers. Mm-hmm. So I think this fight makes a lot of sense. What did you think of his performance on Saturday? Um, I thought he did what he had to do to win. I was more impressed with Matt Brown, to be honest. I thought, I thought Matt Brown on his feet, man, he looked phenomenal. He was laying some nasty elbows. He was pressuring. Um, even, you know, I think he just got outclassed with the wrestling. And even when he got up, finally got away, he was right back on Johnny. And I think Johnny weathered the storm. I think in another round or two, you know, if he wouldn't have been able to take him down, he might have been in some trouble. But he did what he needed to do. I'm not I'm not, not a fan of these guys. Let's get this clear. I don't, like, call fighters out. I'm saying this is factual. It should happen because we got two top guys that are at a certain point in their career. Think about Robbie Lawler. He lost to Johnny within the last 90 seconds. What did he have to do to get another title shot? He had to fight Jake Ellenberger, mm-hmm. and he had to fight Matt Brown. He didn't get an immediate shot. He had two fights in between. So why should Johnny, 
who's been in a title fight probably the last three fights of his, last three or four fights, why should he get an immediate shot off of one win over a top five guy who's never been a top ten opponent? Let's be real. You got to walk through a guy like me to get that title shot. What do you think about doing the fight on July 11th, the same night as the, the welterweight title fight? I, men- I mentioned that during the, the time is now, big pressure that the UFC had. When they announced that Robbie and they announced that Roy was going to fight that day when they was doing a big drug, yeah, yeah, yeah. drug um, PED deal, I texted Dan that day and I said, I don't know if my foot is going to be ready, but we need to shuffle the deck. I need that fight against Johnny Hendricks. It's not hating on Matt Brown, but let's be real. Just because you can last in a five-round fight, you can last in a fight against a guy. Lasting don't mean SHI. You have to beat somebody. You can't just last and compete. Anybody can compete. You know, that kid Chris was in there fighting um, DJ, you know, know, jumped in that fight, Mm. and he was trying to compete. Does that mean you throw him up in the rankings because he competed? No, you got to win. You got to beat. So I didn't get any reply back then. I didn't get any reply back. (laughs) Where's the love? Where's the love? So I don't know. But I know I know how the game works. And I know it's times that the UFC needs me to do something. They need me to take this fight. They need me to yeah. come on through. So I think my approach on those times might, might differ a little tad bit. Well, you, you saying that that's why they're not responding to you because you didn't step up in the past? No, I always step up in yeah. the past. Now, so I didn't step up when they wanted me to sure. fight Hector, which made no sense to me. But I've stepped up on short notice against Dung Young Kim. Yep. You know, yeah. I, and I had fought, they called me like three days after my fight, and I took that fight. I think guys like Cerrone are great for the sport, but they're not the standard. You know, they're not the they're not the line. Everybody, you know, I think Benson Henderson is doing the same thing. They all fight anybody, anytime. Why do you think Donald Cerrone, as good as he is, as big of a draw as he is, has never, ever even fought for a world title? Hmm. Not that he's tried and lost. He's got so many performance bonuses, so many fighting tonight, so many fights, wins, and losses in the UFC. He has never fought for a world title. Why do you think that is? You tell me. Because he's not making good choices on fights. Mm. You know, at the end of the day, I'm, not, I'm a subcontract worker. You ask me, hey, you want to fight this guy? I should be able to say, hey, this guy makes more sense for me. Nobody in our division is a weak opponent. One through 15, I would even stretch it out to 20 of the welterweight division or guys that are just need the chance, just need the opportunity. If you shuffle the deck, we can have a top, new top 10 every week if we match up different fights. So I think he hasn't fought for a world title, not because of what he's not able to do or who he's beaten. It's because he's willing to take fights that doesn't make sense for his career. If I beat this guy, where does this put me? If I beat this guy, is going to project me into the number one contendership spot? No, I just want to fight this guy because you know, I want to show that I'm tough, right. and I don't think that's I don't think that's wise. I think you gotta you gotta know that you're tough just because you are, and you gotta take fights because it takes you to the next level. And I think this fight against Khabib is that fight. These are the fights he's needed. This is a fight that's going to put him in a position. You know, he lost to um, Pettis. If he beat Khabib, I think he'll be fighting um, Dos Anjos. I think he'll be getting that fight. Hmm. Um, but and- if he took more fights like this, sure. he'd be in better spot. By the way, so would you be ready for July 11th? Do you think you would be? I think so. You know, I mean, I'm going to push it. I mean, like I said, I'm going to push it as hard as I can. Right now, we got to do the math. If I get out of this baby in a week, that puts us at what? March 18th, 19th, whatever that is. March 19th, March, April, May, June, July. That's four months. I'll be ready. Let's do it. Okay. Um, 
hey, I got to ask you about this before I let you go. And you've, you've made a great case, and I'm on board with this idea for the record. Uh, how, how are things back home? Because once again, Ferguson, near and dear to your heart. I mean, what's going on here now? It's all over the news. Um, yeah, you know, um, I, I thought it was settled down a little bit, yeah. but I guess not. Actually, the officer that got shot in the face, he graduated with my wife. Oh, man. the same high school. Yeah, so it gets too close, man. You know, I was just in Ferguson um, the other day getting my hair cut, and um, the day before, somebody got shot in the face. So I think Jeez. hopefully hopefully it gets better before it gets worse. I thought we had some progress. I thought we had some um, steps forward in the right, you know, right direction, but... You know, I, I don't watch the news as much as I should now just because I don't want to come home. I'm all happy. If you sure. look at my Instagram, I just put up the most ridiculous video that everybody should die laughing at. Okay. So I'm, I'm in good spirits, man. I've been reading a lot of books on, you know, how to be a better businessman and life after MMA. And just everything is so positive. It's the first time I've been injured. And I've taken this time to really take a look at my circle, take a look at my situation and think about, you know, my 10-year projection and where I want to be and how do I get to be not just the champion, not just a person who's fighting for a title shot, as everybody hears somebody say and repeats, but being the best in your weight class in the world consistently and to reign over that division for as long as you can and finish on top. So that's what I've been focusing on. And I think watching the news, man, sometimes because it's like my, that's my street. Like I lived on that street, so oh. it's like really depressing to watch. What's the mood like though when you go get a haircut and stuff? I mean, what what are people doing and saying and, and acting like? My barbershop's pretty gangster though, so it's like they didn't get they didn't they didn't get any like they were standing outside. They said, "Not this building to my left, not this building to the right. Definitely not us, because if you set them on fire, we might catch fire." Every I mean, talking about twelve to thirteen buildings completely burned to the ground. Like Jeez. completely burned to the ground, and they they haven't been touched. They've never stopped operating business. They've never boarded up their windows, and they've been in a community for twenty years. So when I go, it's love. I just go in there, get my haircut, and talk about MMA, crack jokes on each other, and I and I dip out. All right. Well, uh, our best, obviously, to the city of Ferguson. Hopefully, as you said, it gets better before it gets worse. Very. Very disturbing stuff, and that it's all starting again. Uh, hopefully not, but that it was back in the news last week is is very disheartening. Uh, you have done a great job of selling us, my friend. So kudos. I hope you get the fight, and and most importantly, I hope they respond to you. I mean, really. Yeah, I hope they respond. Be nice. to me, Number one, and if I don't get the fight, like offer me a fight that makes sense. Don't sure. don't just put some young buck killer in front of me and think I suppose to just want to take that fight. I was that young buck killer. I was the one that was trying to knock somebody off. You know, I think I've earned the respect that I should be able to fight somebody that if I beat this guy, I should be in line for a title. If he beats me, he should be in line for a title. If the person's nowhere near of a title right now, I shouldn't be fighting him. And it's only a few guys that make sense. Well said. Uh, get well soon. Good luck, my man. Thanks as always. Great stuff. All right. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. There he is. Tyron Woodley. Tremendous stuff as always. Very well spoken and knows exactly what he wants. And we like those kind of people. Go out there. Tell us what you want. Get her done. Great stuff. That would make a lot of sense. July 11th. <clears throat> International Fight Week. You got the two title fights. You got the welterweight title on the line. A potential number. I mean, that could be a number one contender fight. What else makes sense, right? Hendricks versus Woodley. Throwback. That'd be fun. All right, in a minute, we're going to be joined by, by a man that a lot of people are very excited to hear from, Reza Madadi. Remember him? UFC. 
when two and one in the UFC, a lot of people thought he could go. He should have gone three and zero. Remember, he had that controversial split decision loss to Cristiano Marcelo, defeated Michael Johnson, and how good does that one look now? Submitted him via Dar's choke, but that was in April of 2013. That was his last fight. In May of 2013, he was arrested for burglary. The papers in uh, Sweden reported that uh, Medadi and an accomplice broke into a designer handbag store and, uh, and, and stole a bunch of goods. He was sentenced, and, 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 and that sentence is, is complete. And now he is a free man and, I would imagine, ready to resume his once promising MMA career. I'm very curious to talk to him. I believe we are connecting with him in just a matter of seconds. We'll talk to him. He is in Sweden. Of course, a member of that great team, uh, the All-Stars team that Alexander Gustafsson is the face of, but they got a lot of great fighters over there now. Of course, Jimmy Manua has recently joined them and a whole bunch of others, and we do have him right now. We'll go back to the Skype machine. We'll go to Sweden and welcome in Reza Madadi, there he is. How are you, my friend? How are you guys? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. And we have uh, my good friend Thomas here as well. Oh, perfect. Hi, Thomas. I cannot see you, but hi anyway. No, I'm saying hello to that man over there. Next yeah, to you. Okay, the man over here. Yes. Thomas. Yes. yes, Thomas. Thomas, how are you? So thank you so much for joining us, uh, Reza. It, it is great to, to have you on the show, and a lot of people are very excited to hear from you. So we haven't, we haven't seen you in a long time. I was just going uh, through a bit of your history. Uh, when did you get released from prison? Uh, last week, brother. Uh, first of all, I want to thank you to having me in your show. It's Pleasure. a great honor for me to be in your show. And hey, to hi, I say hello to your, everybody watch your show. And yes, they released me last week. Is uh, ah. How, it's how, good to be back to All Star and how, start train. How long were you in prison for? I get uh, near to two years, one wow. and nine months. Yeah, but I was uh, behind the bars fourteen months. And and what was the, what what day were you released? Uh, last week. Do you uh, remember Monday or Tuesday? What was it like when you were when you were a free man? You know, I became a father exactly before I get uh, oh, wow. to the jail. And yeah, it was a hard time because I had the kids and uh, I became father. It was difficult to leave my kid and yeah, go to the jail. And, you know, I was convicted for in, it was, uh, the circumstances was uh, uh, not convicted, you know, it was, was uh, they didn't find any DNA, any, they couldn't prove against me. But, you know, anyway, brother, this is behind me and in my past. And I just looking forward, I want, the only purpose I have in my life is get back to UFC and yeah, show the fans, show the UFC, show the world. And I'm a different person. Is I want to start my new life. Like I told you, I became a father. Uh, I have a good team behind me, all-stars, and yeah, this cannot be wrong. Uh, let me ask you a quick favor. Uh, I believe, is your computer volume on? Can you turn it off? Because I'm hearing some feedback when you speak. I'm hearing your, your answer again. Is your computer's yeah. speakers on? I, 
Yeah. Guys, can you turn off the computer? Or, or maybe just turn off the, the, the video player for this show, because I think the, play, the, the, the show page is up, and I'm hearing the, the feedback from that. Um, so they'll do that in a second. Uh, I just want to ask you also, um, was that your first child that you had? Yes, it was. Your first child. And were you able to see your child while you were in, in jail, or was this the first time when you got out? Now I could I could see my child and they came and visit me. My uh, wife, she was wonderful. She came every week and I visit her and my kids. So, but it was hard anyway. How did you but pass? You know, how did you pass the time? Uh, I train every day. Mm -hmm. I did. Uh, I went to the school and was a good kid. Uh -huh. So I uh, did my uh, time training and just study that's it were you able to watch ufc uh i don't want to watch the ufc because it make me feel very bad uh especially when i saw michael johnson's fight sure that's what my next question was yeah yeah it was very very hard time it was like a really bad punishment for me to see I, don't get me wrong i'm so happy for uh for him He's a great fighter, and I hope he can get the belt. But, you know, uh, it's so hard to see the guys, not even, not just uh, Mr. Michael Johnson, all other fighters, to see them compete, uh, fighting. And uh, I was like, I mean, I was behind the bars. So it was a hard time. Uh, even but when like I, even when the UFC was in Stockholm and your friend was in the main event and said so you you didn't watch any of that no i it was it was hard i don't want to see that yeah it was very hard time so i just heard what's what's happening so and i know alex want to come back so yeah that's life the people did people recognize you and say oh of course i've watched you like how were you treated there you were a celebrity in sweden Yes, I am, and people, they was very nice against me there, and yeah, they liked me. I trained with a couple of guys there. They helped me a lot wow. to train, to, so don't waste the time. No one uh, messed with the mad dog over there, right? Yeah, no, 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 no. People are good with me, to me. Okay, so I, I, have, to, I have to ask you this, because you sort of plan I want to clear it up. Are you, are you saying that you had nothing to do with this, that you were, you were falsely accused? Uh, brother, I want to tell you clearly. Yeah. Uh, they arrest me outside of uh, some garage one hour after that shit happened. Yeah. And they didn't find anything on me, in my car, in my home, any DNA, nothing. And yes, it wasn't drugs. It was uh, some smashing grab. Uh-huh middle of Stockholm, uh, and yes. So you, you, uh, where were you that night? Like, how, how could you go to jail then if you had nothing to do with it? Uh, we was in the, some other city yeah. outside of Stockholm. Sorry, I bleeding in my nose. We had the sparring, boxing, oh, sparring. So <laughs> I'm still bleeding. Yeah, sorry. Back to work. Whoa, that's a lot of blood. Whoa. Yeah. Who punched you? Of course, yeah. Uh, some crazy guy. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I had my car 
outside that garage and I want to pick up my, my car because uh, we want to go to Russia, uh, me and some uh, clubs, uh, some guys from my club uh, and my all-star gym. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, they arrest me outside that garage because the garage was involved in smashing grab. Uh, yeah. And I never thought uh, I'm going to go to jail, but now I'm here. And anyway, that is my past. Sure. So I don't want to think about it. I just want to move forward, uh, do some go good job for the kids in the bad neighborhoods, get back me to UFC, and just be a good father. Good father did, you, good did, you, did you or your team try to explain this to the UFC? I mean, on the one hand, you can understand they, they, want, they needed to cut ties, but... Did, did anyone try to explain that you were innocent, uh, you know, that's what you claim, and that you, you know, deserve to still be a member of the UFC? Uh, and, of course, I understand UFC released me. They yeah. got my contract. is normal. Uh, but I hope they can give me one other chance, one more opportunity to get back. And I think my manager and stuff, they talk to uh, UFC. Yeah. Uh, Actually, I want to ask them because I didn't, I didn't think about it, your question. I want to ask them if they talk to UFC or not. You can ask them right now if you want. Yeah, wait a minute. <laughs> wait, wait, sorry. Oh, you're going to ask them right now, okay. Uh, sorry. Yeah, they spoke to UFC and they have a plan, so let's see if plans work out. Uh, are are you are you saying that you only want to fight in the UFC? Or would you be willing to go somewhere else to build your record back up to show that you're you know a good Samaritan, or is it UFC or bust for you? No, of course my purpose is to go back to UFC because uh, I deserve to be there. I mean, don't misunderstand me. I'm a great fighter. I did a good fight when I was in UFC, and my last fight was a victory they didn't cut me because i lose my fight uh, and i love to fight i love to be there in the cage inside the octagon so if i cannot get back to ufc of course it's other organization but the purpose is ufc what was the it only like, UFC. right and what was it like when you went back to the gym for the first time last week how did your friends your teammates receive you uh, it was great everybody was so happy and hugs me give me kisses and not that kind of kisses, sure no but, no know, i mean love. Yeah. emotional it must have been emotional and, right yeah most yeah of course and everybody said the nice mad dog because i'm the only crazy guy here in the club i make fun stuff joking yeah do you think do people you think, says you, you go ahead you give us inspiration and you so it was nice to be back in my second home, all-star yeah. gym. You know, there was a, a time, you know, the Swedish MMA is booming. But, you know, lately there have been some, some bumps in the road, right? Some losses. Do you think that they missed you? Like, you, are you kind of the, not the captain, but the guy who helps keep everyone's spirits up and, and maybe they missed you and this is the reason why there have been some struggles lately? Do you think that? I don't think so. The guys, they had a little bit unlucky. But yeah. uh, you can ask themselves, uh, Alexander, everybody else, they say exactly the same. I'm, the guy, I'm not the captain. I'm just, I try to be the good role model, good, good friends for everybody. Because I say good friends, they push up. They try to get up each other, you know, push each other forward to be 
good fighter, train harder. And I'm that kind of the guy here in the gym. I try to push everybody to the good way to train harder and train hard, fight hard. <laughs> I mean, you understand what I mean. So now I'm back and let's see what's happening. You know, one of my favorite Mad Dog stories is uh, <coughs> you, you, you helped save a man and uh, their baby, right? When they fell in the water. Yes, uh, that's true. It's a beautiful story. And uh, yeah. you deserve a lot of credit for that. Are you worried, you know, and clearly that shows that, you know, you have a good heart, you're a good person. Are you worried that people will continue to bring up this allegation in your time in jail and not remember you for the good things that you've done? You know, brother, I, actually, I don't care because I'm a God who was really believed to God. Mm -hmm. And I say, I mean, I did that. It was, I mean, it was short for me. It was, of course, I need to jump in the water and save the father and the children. And after some people, they want to take a picture of me to send to the, some newspaper. I said, no, 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 never. I did it because I want to save life. I don't want a publicity or mm -hmm. be in the newspaper and stuff. And the people, the fans who meet me, they always going to remember me because I always try to be humble, to be a nice guy, to help my friends, clubmates, everybody. And, of course, that's a dark part of my life. Yeah. And some people going always talk about it. And, you know, we have a lot of uh, keyboard warriors, so... Uh -huh. And you do some things bad, people are always going to talk about it. But you do 100 good stuff, people never talk about it. Mm. But still, for me, it doesn't matter. For me, the most important is to be the good person, uh, and just do good stuff. And this is my past, like I told you. By the way, I was looking yes. at your Twitter, and uh, you yes. were tweeting like in January and, and part of that. How were you tweeting if you were in jail? Uh, my Twitter account was the friend of mine. Ah. Uh, yes, Instagram and Twitter, everything. So Just to keep you uh, in the news, just to keep you a part yes, of the conversation. Exactly. Exactly, yes. But you didn't have access to the internet when you are there? No, 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 brother. Nothing. Wow. What, what, what are the accommodations? Did they treat you well or was it rough? Uh, the prison is prison. doesn't matter which part of the world you are. Yeah. But honestly, they treat me very well. Okay. Because I try to always be humble, to be a nice guy, uh, even which situation I am. Um, so, no, they treat me well. It was hard to be far away from my kid, gym, training, something I really love, fighting. But, ah, now it's okay, brother. I'm yeah. back and I don't even think about it. By the way, I, I, I can sense and I know that you are a spiritual person. Was there ever a time when you felt like that, that's all you had? Like, you know, when you're alone there and you're thinking about your career and your family and everything, was that, was that what kept you going? What, how, how did you not sort of break down? Because I can imagine people would break down when, when, when you're in there all by yourself, right? It was a really good, funny question because, brother, I'm telling you, the life is very funny. Mm -hmm. and it can't change over one second, one minute. I mean... We drove with the limousine one day, me, Alexander Gustafsson, went to the some club to hit a little bit pads, get paid for that. And 
old sponsor. I was famous guy here in Sweden, and day after I was in the some gym, mm. they took me. I, I, they drove me with a police car, and uh, my life was changed. They cut my UFC contract. I lose my job. I couldn't see my wife when she was pregnant. I lose money. Everything. I lose everything over one night. Mm. Exactly everything I've been loving. 34, 35 years. And what made me to get stronger, you are, you know how strong you are when the only choice you have is to be strong, you know? And I didn't have any other choice. I don't want to give up. I don't want to just give up like this. I work hard, so hard in 34, 35 years to be, I mean, to be a UFC fighter. And I lose it everything over one night. But Actually, it was a lot of the uh, keyboard warrior hmm. haters that make me this sad. Okay, guys, you don't believe me. When never, nobody believes me, I'm going to believe myself. And I want to get back and I want to show everybody nothing is over. Hmm. Uh, how much time do you think you need to get back to the shape that you're in? Like, you know, how many more months or weeks do you need to be back in that UFC shape that you were in before going to jail? Brother, I promise you, give me to the beginning of summer, uh -huh. and I'm back in my shape. Yeah. I mean, I swear to God, if you are going to give me fight in two weeks, I'm going to jump in and fight. Mm -hmm. But to back in my real shape, I need the beginning of summer. Okay. And uh, do you have any regrets? I mean, you say that you had nothing to do with this, but, you know, sometimes wrong place, right, wrong time, or the wrong friends, etc. Do you have any regrets? Brother, I don't regret anything in my life because uh, everything I've done to make me this person I am today. Mm -hmm. Don't make me wrong, but I'm the totally different guy now today because I had a two years of real hell. Mm. Up and down, up and down, up and down. I, and, you know, I appreciate my life. And the other way, I appreciate my friends, my family, my job, my career, my club uh, so no I don't regret anything but every day every second every minute every hour I try to be better person to be better better guy I mean the guy in my position shouldn't be in that position mm. to get caught convicted and to get jailed you know what I mean sure. uh, I shouldn't be in the uh, wrong place is what I'm telling you. So I try, like I told you, for every day, for every minute, I try to be better guy, better human. Yes. Hey, hey, two last quick things. Were you the only one that went to jail, or did someone else or other people go as well? Were you the only one that they convicted? No, I was the only one. Wow. The only one. Yeah. Yeah. Are you gonna fight back? Are you gonna do anything? Like to, to say that you were wrongfully convicted? Or are you gonna try to? I don't know if you can do anything about this, or are you letting it go? And I, uh, I tried, I tried, I tried, I tried yeah. many times, but it's so difficult to uh, do some things. You know, mm -hmm. it was hard for me. My uh, lawyer told me it's, it's gonna, it's gonna be hard. So I had a little kids. The most important for me was I don't want to lose more of my kid because it's grow, grow, growing up and I don't want to be behind the bar. So 
I just let everything go. I understand. And you understand what yeah. I mean. Yeah. It said, let me do my time. And I want to come out, have it behind me. That's okay. it. Uh, last thing, do you have a message to the UFC? If they're watching anyone there to, to give you another chance, anything you want to say to them? Uh, perhaps a good opportunity to speak to them here. Yeah, I know. I really begging to all the guys, all the Dana White, everybody listen, to give me just one shot, one opportunity to get back. So I can show me and, yeah, do my best because it's the UFC I belong to. Good luck to you, Reza. Thank you so much for the time. Uh, congratulations on the birth of your child and uh, welcome thank back. You. It was great to talk to you. Thank you so much. Good luck. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And thank you. Thanks for having me. And uh, Tomas, my manager, he want to talk to you if he's oh, possible. Oh, yes. I yes, I love yeah. him. All of me. Let's speak and to I him. say hello to you, everybody. You listen to you. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you so much, Mad Dog. There he is. And here is my good friend Thomas. How are you? Good, Ariel. How are you? I'm great. Listen, I've been listening to Reza. He's trying to play a little bit humble. But, you know, I'm here in the gym every day. Uh, we have eight, nine UFC fighters here. The guy, the guy is in amazing shape. And that's the reason we are, we're really pushing for him to get back there. The last person he defeated was Michael Johnson. He, his shape, you can't, you can't believe he's been away for two years. Yeah. And, you know, I just wanted to get back there to show the world, you know, what we are seeing here every day. He's here, he's, he's pushing everyone else, he's making everyone else better fighter. So, you know, we, we're doing everything, we're in touch with the UFC and trying to, to plan for him to get back there, Ariel. Are, are you confident it will happen? You know, the UFC always wants the best fighters in the world. Yeah. Reza is one of the best fighters in the world. He's, he, he's training harder than anyone else. And, uh, you know, I believe we can get him back there. You, you know, he just needs to get back in training. We need to, to do a few steps. But whatever he's done in his past, he's a free man now. And everybody has the chance, uh, ha should have the right for the second chance. Mm -hmm. Well said. All right. Thank you very much, Thomas. I appreciate the time. Good luck to you guys. And uh, keep Thank us you, posted on, on your progress. Definitely. Okay. Take All the care, best buddy. to you. Thank you. There Thank he is. You. All right. Great stuff here. Um, you know, it's, 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 a, it's an interesting story. You know, he says that, you know, there, there have been a lot of second chances. Um, and, you know, the, the, the work speaks for itself. Your last fight is, a, is against Michael Johnson, a win over Michael Johnson, uh, who is doing so well now, so close to really cracking that top three, top four, called out Benson Henderson in his last fight. Um, so paid his, his debt to society. It's locked up. Wasn't there for his kids birth says he's innocent all the best to him one of the true characters definitely a character mad dog is in the uh in the sport and uh, we appreciate him coming on and, and talking about what was probably not the happiest time of his life all right in a minute we are going to be joined by a man who is very interesting who has been all over the news as of late not just mma news but he has been uh, all over the mainstream sports news, not even mainstream sports, just normal, interesting news, random news. I'm talking about Phoenix Jones. Phoenix Jones is uh, the alias of a man named Ben Fodor. You may recall that last name I said at the top of the show, Carlos Fodor, former Strike Force fighter. This is a guy who. Well, I can't wait to talk to him, but he, he really came to the forefront. He's been doing this for quite some time, but he really came to the forefront last week when ESPN uh, Sports Center 
aired an amazing 10-minute feature on him. He is the leader of the Rain City superhero movement. Phoenix Jones is his persona, if you will, and he patrols the streets of Seattle, Washington to essentially fight crime, clean up the streets. We have a lot to talk to him about, so let's bring him in here. You don't need to hear me talk about it. I want to hear from him. Let's go to line one. Phoenix Jones, a.k.a. Ben Fodor, is on the line. Phoenix, are you there? Yes, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for joining us. By the way, should I call you Ben or should I call you Phoenix? Man, you can call me whatever you want to. I don't care. This is Ariel Hawani, man. You can do what you want. All right. Well, I'm going to call you Phoenix. I think that's a really cool name. Um, I want to work. Right. Thank you. I want to work backwards here. You know, that, that story came out on ESPN, and, I mean, I can't even imagine what's happened to you since. And, of course, we know that you signed with World Series of Fighting, but how has your life changed in the last week since that aired? <laughs> when that when that aired, I had uh, one hundred and seventeen dollars to my name at that point because I hadn't been paid yet, and uh, was thinking about possibly quitting MMA. Wow! And 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 now, yeah, and now uh, I'm doing all right. So, how are you even making money? How how like what were you doing? Well, I work I work with autistic kids for a living. And that's what I was doing, and I just couldn't put in enough hours to, to maintain being the champ because I was, I was also the local Washington State champ here for the SFL America and then for another Washington title. So I, I couldn't maintain training enough time, and I was thinking, i got to either work or fight, and I can't seem to make money fighting. Okay, so this airs. Did you know that this was coming? I mean, obviously you worked with them on it, but did you know like it was happening that weekend? No, I had no idea. Like, we worked on it such a long time ago, and then it got cut, and then it got brought back, and I didn't think it was going to air. It was originally, like, for, like, a 30 for 30 thing, and then all of a sudden, with, like, I got this email, and they're like, hey, you're on TV in, like, two hours. Like, oh. <laughs> so, so, so were you, you weren't pinning your hopes and, and dreams and aspirations on that story. You, that, that was kind of in the back of your mind. Yeah, no, I had nothing going on. Actually, I, I kind of figured the story was dead. And then what do you think when you saw it? How, how do you think they did? You know, I thought they did a really good job of actually chronic, chronicling it in the right order. Uh, a lot of people know that I, I'm out there and I fight crime. Not a lot of people know about the MMA and know about, like, how hard I really strive to, to actually help people. Like, how much I wall, follow the law and how, much, uh, how long I've been on the streets. I've been out there for, like, five years. Mm. People don't realize it's not something I did quickly. It took a long time, you know? And how did they even find you? I mean, like, why did they do this now? I think, I'm pretty sure one of the producers was up in Seattle and happened to actually catch me in a street fight and was like, yo, we got to figure out who this guy is. Wow. <laughs> because He's... I, kept, I kept getting emails from people like, hey, uh, were you the guy who was in the street fight at this date at this time? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I assume. <laughs> but I'm in a lot of street fights. Wait, so he saw you with his own eyes or saw a video of you? No, it started with his own eyes. He was up there shooting something. Okay. And literally, uh, yeah, it was literally, had looked out, saw a street fight, and never got a chance to, you know, give me an interview or a card or anything, and I just kind of took off. Do you think if that story doesn't run at this point, you know, March 16, 2015, are you done with MMA? Do you think that saved your career? I definitely think it saved my career, man. I don't know if I'm done with MMA because I had, I had a fight scheduled for April 25th, uh-huh. but... But after, after that fight, if I hadn't, you know, I was going to talk to the league and say, look, I need to make X amount of dollars to survive. And if I can't do that, I got I to gotta go to work. My kids come first, you know? 
Sure. And 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 let's let's start, let's start from the beginning. So as the story goes, you're out walking with your son. Uh, you notice that your car window is is broken. Your son falls and is gushing blood. Right. And in that moment, you decide that you need to do something about this because you couldn't you couldn't tell him with 100% certainty that he was going to be safe the next time you guys go out. Is that accurate? It's pretty close. I mean, basically, we went to we went to a water park, and we were coming back to our car from the water park. And uh, it wasn't just that my car had been broken into. It was that a lot of cars had been broken into. And my son was, you know, he, he was asking, it was my son and his cousin, and they were asking questions about why people take other people's things and how, you know, what we're going to do to stop it. And, you know, am I like the Ninja Turtles? And when it got to the conversation of what I was going to do, I couldn't tell him I'm going to do nothing. You know, what am I going to tell my kid? Oh, you know, I'm going to let somebody hurt you and break into our car and take our things, and I'm not going to do anything about it. I just felt like that was, I don't know, negligent as a parent. Mm. So, I mean, a lot of, we, we face these things as parents all the time. What do you do next? Like, how, how do you go from that to where you are now? Well, you know, now that we're past the statute of limitations, I can be totally honest about what I did. I got super pissed, uh, and I went and uh, I checked out some uh, public traffic cams because our city has uh, uh, all the traffic cams are publicly accessible. I watched, like, 70 hours of videotape wow. and finally figured out who it was who broke into my car uh, and the other cars in the surrounding area. Then me and the buddy went back to that parking lot and hid there on uh, the weekend around the same time our car got broken into until we were able to confront the guy. We beat him up, took all of his clothes, uh, left him naked in the woods, and bought a bunch of cheeseburgers with his money and gave it to homeless people. Wow. That's all, and, and now you're just dressed as a normal human being here. You didn't have the costume and all that. Oh, no, not at that point. At that point, I had like a ski mask. I bought it like REI <laughs> for like snowboarding, and I was shirtless. And I was wearing jeans. Yeah, it was totally not. We didn't really think we'd catch him. I think. I think we we're just doing something because we were mad. Sure. And then when he showed up, we were just like, "What do we do?" The same guy. Yeah, it was definitely the same guy. Definitely. Was he acting alone? Um, you know, I don't know. I think it was in the car because he came from a blind corner and he came up to the car and threw the rock through the window to break another car window and started going through the car. We rolled up on him and then a car just peeled out. So I imagine he was working with somebody else. But, you know, they were never on video. I never saw them, so I kind of considered it even. Now, what year is this? This is, man, summer 2010, because I got caught breaking in. I had a guy um, doing a Grand Theft Auto, uh, stealing a car from somebody in 2011. And that was the first time I got caught, and the police put out the, the, the you know, find who this guy is and put posters all over the city. And that was January 7, 2011. So it was the summer before that when we caught this guy. Okay, well, wait a second. We'll get to that in a second. Are you fighting at this point, summer of 2010? Have you have you trained at all in MMA? Oh yeah, man. I was. I had a long amateur career. I went 25 and two as an amateur with five titles. I've been fighting for forever. I mean, I got my first black belt at 13. I've been fighting for a long time. Now, why such a long amateur career? I mean, sometimes in MMA we see guys that don't even have an amateur career. Why do you Why do you stay amateur so long? You know, it was one of those things where. Um, I didn't really ever think I was going to go pro. I was really happy, you know, with, with my, I was really happy with my, with my thing. I, I like fighting. I, I never really thought I was going to you know, go anywhere and make money doing it. You know, at the time I just wanted to fight. So I kept fighting and I kept winning and eventually it got ridiculous because the guys I was fighting were like making it to the UFC. So I started getting kind of mad. I was like, everybody's making all this money and I'm not. And then I went to work and kind of backed off and would just defend my title every couple of months, you know? So do you regret that? Because, like you said, I mean, as an amateur, you can't make money. Do you regret sticking around as an amateur so long? 
Yeah, I definitely, I definitely think that I should have gone pro earlier. Mm-hmm. But it, it gives me, it gives me the fighter I am now is so much better than the fighter I was then, and I have so many experiences. Yeah, that maybe it'll help me in the future. I can't really judge it. If I look at it just in a square box, I go, dang, I missed an opportunity. Because I mean, I fought Cody McKenzie from the Ultimate Fighter. I fought like everyone from Sick Jitsu. Um, that whole like Spokane camp that's all over, all over the UFC now. I mean, I fought so many guys that were just as good then. You know. Okay, so you take down this guy summer of 2010. You you you, yeah. you beat him up. You buy the cheeseburgers, all that. Then what's the next step? <laughs> well, the next step is it's over. So okay. we go home. Me and uh, me and the camera guy. We go home. We're like, this was crazy. We never should do this again. We're gonna go to jail. Like this is stupid. Okay. <laughs> right. Right. So we had a we had a break dancing crew and we were out at a break dancing battle, and uh, uh, we went outside. And while we're outside, this guy comes. Uh, one of our friends comes coming up to us, and he's bleeding from his head. And we're like, man, what happened? And he goes, that dude over there hit me in the head with a stick. Wow. And while he's standing there, the dude's literally standing there holding the stick, just kind of looking at this dude, and we're thinking, what's going to happen next? And he kind of charges forward. So as he charges forward, we sort of, like, you know, walk towards him, and he turns around and starts walking the other way. So I run to my car to grab my cell phone because the breakdancing dip. You never breakdance with a cell phone. You're flying into the crowd, right? Sure, 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 of course. So I run to the car to grab my cell phone. And right when I get to it, I open up the glove box, and I see the mask from the night that we, we stopped that other dude and beat him up with the cheeseburgers, because it's only been a couple months later, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm about to do something real stupid. Okay. So I ditched the shirt again, took the mask on, and went after this guy, and we got in a street fight, ended up beating him up. And I caught him, and the cops showed up. And uh, I found out there's a law in Washington State that as long as you're not being suspected of a crime and there's a witness, like somebody else who wants to be a witness, you don't have to give your name. Huh. So they asked me my name. I said Phoenix Jones. They took it down, and that was kind of the that was kind of the beginning. Where'd that name come from? Phoenix is my son's middle name. Okay. And Jones is the most common last name in America the year I was born. So it was pretty easy for me to think of it. It was like I do it as a common person now, and originally I did it for my son. I kind of just put them together. So they just let you go. They had nothing that they can do. Well, there's nothing. I, I didn't break the law. Sure. I'm allowed to defend people, and as long as it's a witness, yeah, they just basically let me go. It was it was kind of crazy. Okay, then what's the next step? Well, after that, then I was like, I'm, I'm sold. I'm a superhero. Oh, this, wait, wait, <laughs> let me run. Two days later, in the newspaper, the paper shows up at my mom's house. My mom goes, "Do you see this crazy guy?" And there's a picture of me and a cop, and I'm in a uh, what do you call it? A uh, uh, skin tight, like uh, training Under Armour shirt. Okay. I've got my ski mask on, and it says superhero defend people outside nightclub. And I'm like, yeah, that's it. I'm a superhero. What? <laughs> that is unbelievable. Now, were you a superhero fan growing up? Are uh, you the kind of guy that like dreamt of being Superman and all that stuff? Not really. So here's the thing. I'm a comic book fan, right? Yeah. And I think that's part of this. I think, you know, for anyone, there's a logic gap when you're like, yeah, so... Someone broke into my car, and then obviously I went out and bought a bulletproof suit and went and fought crime. No, it doesn't work like that. Like, <laughs> it was something in me that was going to fight crime. I think that I always wanted to, but I never had a reason or a purpose. And it sort of took off in a way where it was less crazy. And my friends were on board. If my friends had been like, man, you're stupid, stop it, this would have never happened. Okay, so then you see yourself, you're looking good, you got the ski mask, Under Armour, you, you, you say you're sold, you're a superhero. Then what's the next step? Well, at that point, I was like, I need a bit of better, more recognizable outfit because, like, now people know I'm out there. So, like, this is, you know, I've got to figure this out. So I went to Walmart and bought, like, an all-black, like, under, under Armour suit, an all-blue Under Armour suit, like a tape, 
a fedora and like all this like awesome stuff. <laughs> and within like 48 hours of walking around the hood, I got stabbed. What? Really? <laughs> yeah. You're just, was, you're just walking in, thing. you're just walking wearing that outfit and someone comes and stabs you. <laughs> totally. I'm walking down the street, right? And uh, this guy comes out of the corner and he starts like asking if I want to buy a crack or something. I can't remember what it was. And I was like, nah, I don't. But I'm like, but I'll take that from you. And the guy's like, no, you won't. And while I'm looking at him, some dude comes up behind me and just shanked me. Where? Where did he hit you? Uh, lower right side. Just stuck me right in the lower right. Now, were you in a bad area? <laughs> oh, yeah. I was in, uh, Seattle's got like four bad areas that are all like four blocks. Okay. Which is why I'm so good at being a superhero because I can just walk these four blocks for hours and I'll find all the crime I need. Um, yeah. And uh, basically, you know, I took off running and I thought to myself, I ought to figure out what to do. And then from that point on, you know, it was all about acquiring better gear. So the next like six months when we went out and fought crime, it was me and a buddy. Uh, and we wore the same stuff, but we got better gear. We went and got bulletproof vests. Then we got D3O reflective armor. And then we got, you know, this rubber Batman suit off Craigslist <laughs> that we cut the ears off of and like molded it down. So it didn't look like a bat suit. <laughs> and it just got more and more and more crazy. So, what do you do? You like you call up your buddy and you're like, "What are you doing tonight? Let's go fight crime." Or what, did you treat this as a job? You know, we couldn't really do it that way because his wife wasn't super down. Okay. You know, she she, sure. she didn't really like it, so we joined a we joined a bowling league because I'm also a bowling champion, so it's not weird for me to bowl. Okay. So we joined a bowling league, and then instead of going on the Saturday night bowling league, we went out and fought crime. So it was like every Saturday instead of bowling, we were out fighting crime. Wow. Okay. So so now. Now you have the whole out. By the way, how do you get a Batman suit that that looks like a legit? That looks like one of them from the movies. Like, how'd you get such a great Batman suit? Well, the Batman suit you see now, the one we have now, is actually a legitimate Phoenix Jones suit. The original one didn't look as cool. And uh, <laughs> and uh, how you get it is you go online, right? Mm-hmm. And you go to like eBay or in California and type up where the California studios are. You know, down there in the eight one eight area code, and you can get like old props, like old used props. We ended up getting it from a wax store. Then we cut the ears off and had it and had it literally sanded down, wow. and then plugged it with like a with like a what do you call it like a rubber cement glue and some paper mache and just made it happen. How much did it cost you? The first suit was like maybe like thirteen hundred bucks. And now the second I mean, one. Eventually, the one I have now is like ten grand. Wow! How'd you afford that? Credit card, and then. Uh, a uh, three a credit card and a three thousand dollar loan for my mom. Okay, so now which I paid back. Sure. So now at the height of all of this, as you're walking around and and fighting crime, like are you going every single night? Like once the cat is out of the bag, and you know your buddy's wife, she has to figure out what you guys are doing. I'm assuming at some point, are you going every single night? Is this is this really your full time job? And and by the way, what are your hours? Like when do you come out and when do you go home? Okay, so we used to have a rule: we didn't go home until we stopped the crime. You had to stop so at least we one. Literally, we'd at least one. So we'd go out at like, you know, 9.30, and we sometimes we'd come home at like 6 in the morning, sometimes we'd come home at like 11. It depends. Whenever we stop a crime, we'd come home. Okay. Because the, the area is really small. So once you're like announced that you're there, you can't just keep walking in a circle because the dude's buddies are going to show up and beat you up. <laughs> so, so there's a whole science behind this, and you're only patrolling Seattle, right? We, we did like Seattle and surrounding areas. And then we, laid, then we narrowed it down to, like, four areas that really, really suck and are, like, really kind of, like, crime-ridden. Uh-huh. And we went after those areas. And then it's starting to become a really big deal to the point where uh, you were arrested and you had, to, you had to reveal yourself, correct? 
yeah, the police arrested me, and I'm, I'm in the courthouse, right? And the district attorney, they're like, the, the judge goes, you don't have enough to charge him. He's like, there's no face in the video. You can't tell who it is. He didn't really break the law. Like, you can't charge him. You're not going to win. And the DA goes, well, we'll, we'll do what every superhero hates. We'll release your identity. Oh. And I thought of myself, I was like, oh, man. And then as I'm getting ready to leave the courtroom, one of my good friends, Peter Tangen, who he's a Hollywood movie producer. We met him halfway through the first year we were fighting crime because he couldn't believe it was real. He wanted to fly me down to take photos of me. Uh-huh. Right? He's there because he's, you know, a good friend of mine at this point. And he goes, man, he goes, this is your Iron Man moment. And I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, you need to go out there and rip your mask off and, like, Iron Man up. Yeah. And I, I, I was like, I can't, I can't do that. And we went out and we did it. We, I, it was like literally like a movie. We were on every single yeah. newspaper in Seattle, on every news channel. It was crazy. So you do that. And then, I mean, how does your life change from there? Yeah, from there, man, I got, um, I got a big, I got a movie deal to go shoot a reality TV show. Okay. So they gave us this like money up front to shoot this reality show. And they started following us around. And like two weeks into shooting this reality show, they come and they're like, yeah, you know, this is pretty dangerous. We just want you to, like, reenact the fighting crime. <laughs> and I'm like, no, that's, that's, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I'm not going to fake fight crime. Like, if you shut down a street of Seattle and told me fake fight crime, my life is over. Right. Like, no. Right? Uh, so then they, they bailed on the show, and they, they made me, like, not do any TV for, like, one year, which kind of killed a lot of the buzz. Yeah. And then... uh they, you know, they let me keep the money advance, which was nice. So I got to pay my mom back and like make my suit even and things like that. Okay. But, uh, but yeah, then I had one year of just fighting crime kind of under the radar where I wasn't really allowed to do any media because I was contracted by these people who wanted me to fake fight crime. And are you still doing your normal job at the same, at the same time? Still my normal job at the same time. And I they- never quit doing that. I, I work with kids all, all the time. They didn't have a problem with this? Uh, at one point they did, they fired me, the state fired me and said I shouldn't work around children. Um, and then I went and I, I had to take a mental eval test to prove I wasn't crazy, but I passed with a high aptitude. So I kind of got my job back. And throughout this time, you still have, cause in the ESPN, uh, you know, short story, whatever you want to call it, your coach says that, you know, you could have been in the UFC and all this stuff, but you put your career on hold. When do you go back to you to, to MMA training? You know, I put it on hold and maybe 2011. No, 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 no. 2013. I think it was like September 2013. I got a call from a, a league that went under and they're like, Hey, we're going to be the next biggest league in Seattle. We'll give you, you know, uh, you know, we'll give you like uh, money to come fight. And they wanted to give me like a thousand bucks, like 500, 500 or something. Right. Uh-huh. And, I, and I was like, no, I'm like, I wouldn't do it. I'm like, the only way I would do it is like, I have a car payment. I'm like, my car and to fix my suit is like 3,300, 3,400. So if you do that, I'll do it. And they said, no way. Their main event canceled. They called me up a month ahead of time. And they're like, yo, if you can do it, we'll give you 3,400 bucks. So at that point, I said, all right, I'm in. (laughs) Okay, and that kicks things off. But by the way, I mean, you know, now that people know who you are, is your life ever in danger? I mean, you're, cause you're, cause you're, you're getting involved in these things that necessarily don't have anything to do with you. Do you have like gangs coming after you or like, I, I don't know what the scene is over there, but everyone knows who you are. It's, it's not like you're this anonymous superheroes and you have a family. So how do you deal with that? Well, now my gear is a lot better. Plus I'm, I'm pretty incognito, you know, like when I roll around the hood, I don't like walk around in my suit brandish, like, like I'm, I'm walking around in like a trench coat okay. with my, with my suit up. And then when I bust up, I bust the crime. Then by the time I fix the crime, I'm out of the hood. 
Okay. Like, but, like I said, you, you stop a crime and you leave. But people, they, they know who you are. Like, they can call you up. Can, they can look you up in the phone book, no? Uh, no. Actually, you know, I'll, uh, open, open air contest, everyone listening. If you can figure out my address, and oh, it's God. not 5226 University Way. It's not the comic book store. Okay. Uh, if you can figure out my address, man, I'll give you a free uh, T-shirt. Oh, my Lord. So are you still doing this? Are, are you still going out every night? Yeah, I went out last night. You, who, how many people you catch? Oh, man, last night was terrible. We didn't catch anybody. We walked around. I took a whole bunch of selfies outside a club, basically. Like, there's just a bunch of happy people to see me, and, like, they just want to take photos. But, by the way, isn't that a good thing that you didn't catch anyone? That means the streets are safe. Not exactly. I mean, it's like, it means there's some crime somewhere, and I wasn't in the right place. Oh. How, what's the biggest I mean, crime you stopped? always a crime. What's the biggest one you stopped? Wow. It's. It depends how you look at it. The government will say the biggest crime I stopped is I stopped a Homeland Act of Terrorism, which what? I think is an overstatement, but okay. that's what it's listed as, so okay. I'm going to keep it. Sure. Um, these, guys, these guys brought little pipe bombs and tried to throw them into the federal building, and we got into a big fight with them outside, and they, were, they had to go away, and it was all this stuff, and eventually they got in trouble. So That's unbelievable. Okay, so now, now that you're going out, I, I'm sure people are stopping you. Like when you're saying the selfies, is that getting annoying? Would you rather people didn't know who you were? I would I would always rather fight crime than take selfies, yeah. Okay. Um, but at the same time, it's the awareness factor. Like, I can't tell you how many people come up to me and they're like, hey, I would have never thought to fight crime, but I saw something that happened, and I knew who you were, and I did this. So it's sort of an awareness thing. Now now that the ESPN thing came out and you posted that picture of uh, all those contracts and everything, why did you pick WSOF? They didn't want me to stop being Phoenix Jones. The other ones um, did? A lot of those contracts. Other contracts had a lot of clauses about like what I could and could not do. Okay. And it didn't exactly say stop being Phoenix Jones, but it did sort of say that. It's like, you know, eight weeks before a fight, you can't engage in risky or, or like mischievous behavior that they wouldn't limit. And like other contracts basically said like they had the rights to the Phoenix Jones name. And we're going to like make dolls and action figures and stuff. And uh-huh. if I wanted to do that, I would have done it when, when, <laughs> when Saban came to me years ago. Sure. So, so you signed with them, and you're debuting in April at Mohegan Sun, April 10th. I am. Who are you fighting? You know, I just found out who I'm fighting today. Oh, who is it? in the email it said, do not say who I'm fighting. Oh, that's no fun. I know, right? Do you know the guy? Well, is he a I, big I name? Uh, he's not, not a big name to me. I did watch him fight on the World Series. Uh, World Series uh, I'm not going to say which number, but I did see him fight. <laughs> okay. And you're fighting at 170? I am. I'm fighting at 170. I, I want to move down weight. I think I'm, I really was sitting there and looking at the um, at the roster, uh-huh. and I really want to fight at 55. At my amateur career, I did when I was really training at the beginning. I did 55, and then I went to 170 because it was easier to make weight, not train. So, um, and, and and when you go to like, let's say you go to New York or you know Mohegan Sun, I am bring- going to New York on the 26th. On the 26th of March. Yeah, I'm going up there to uh, to go fight some crime in Gotham with a couple of guys and start a new team up there. Well, that was what I was going to ask. Can you bring your costume with you and, and, and come here and do it? Or are you only, I guess not. I, I wondered if you were only kind of uh, uh, tied to the Seattle area. Oh, no, I've got teams everywhere. i got a team in the U.K., i got a team in Dubai, um, one in Georgia, and it uh, looks like we're going to start in New York. Oh, my Lord. All right, well... Uh, this has been fascinating stuff, and you're not stopping anytime soon, right? You're going to keep going, even up to the fight, all that. Man, I, I try to give myself like a 10-day gap before the fight, okay. and then after the fight, I'm going to be literally right near New Jersey. So I'm going to New Jersey to fight crime. It's going to be awesome. 
will, will you will you come out wearing the suit to the fight? You know, I haven't decided. It's pretty hard to get off because there's sure. like three layers. There's the fire underproof and the bulletproofing, then the D3O, and then the plated armor. Uh-huh. So since I just got the signing bonus, I'm I'm calling over and um getting a new suit made that is one zip up. So oh. if the new suit's made in time, I think I might. Amazing. I love it. And I love the hair, by the way. The hair is brilliant. Keep doing what you're Thank doing, you. man. This is, bring it back. Yeah, this is great stuff. Uh, I, I, I love every second of it. It's tremendous. I showed it to my wife yesterday, that story. I mean, it's just, it, it, it caters to everyone. It's a fascinating story. I can't wait for your debut in WSOF World are, Series. Are you going? I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be around there. It's not that far from where I live, but man, you might, you might get me all, it's just like a two and a half hour drive. Um, Man, if you go, I'll get you a ticket. Okay. Although you got one anyway. Well, I I can get a credential to cover it. Um, But let me know when you come to New York, all right? All right, deal. I'll give you a call when I'm in New York because we should get together. I don't know if you want to come fight crime with me, but I'm going to be going out doing some crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah. I could do it. I have a good mask. By the way, I screwed up. It's at Foxwoods, not Mohegan Sun. My mistake. Still the same area, like five minutes away from each other. But I have a cool luchador mask. My nose sticks out. They call me El Nariz. It's great. Oh, my God. I'm ready. I'm so ready right now. All right, man. Well, best of luck to you. Thank you so much for the time. And uh, and keep doing what you're doing. Keep cleaning up the streets. Yes, sir. You stay classy. Make good choices. All right. Thank you very much. There he is, Phoenix Jones, a.k.a. Ben Fodor. Tremendous stuff. Cleaning up the streets. I, I love every second of it. All right. Let's move along now. Let's welcome in our next guest. This man is a former Olympic gold medalist. He's one of the greatest professional wrestlers of all time. And on Friday... On Destination America, at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 Central, he will be competing against Bobby Lashley for the very first time. TNA Impact. I'm talking about the one and only, the Hall of Famer, the legend, Kurt Angle, making his MMA Hour debut. Kurt, are you there? Hey, how you doing, man? Kurt, it has been a while. Do you remember me? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm really happy with the success you've had. I'm, I'm very happy for you. You've done great. Well, we have to take a little trip down memory lane here, Kurt. I mean, because I owe a lot to you. <laughs> you you were my first big interview back in October of 2007. You're the one that helped really get my name out there. You were tremendously kind to me, and I, and I, I can't thank you enough. And, you know, we, you know we, we worked a little bit together behind the scenes at TNA. You even tried to get me a, a job working there before I became a journalist. Yeah. This is a, a great pleasure for me to have you on the show, to be able to thank you publicly, because you were, you were really great to me, and I, I've always remembered it. Hey, no, thank you, man. I'm I'm always kind to others, but you did that all on your own, and I'm I'm real proud of you, everyone. Thank you very much, Kurt. So let's talk about this. Your first time, I was shocked when I was told this is your first match against Bobby Lashley. <laughs> is that true? Never before? We never touched, never got in a ring, never practiced technique, nothing. This was just cold as cold gets. And uh, I was, uh, you know, it's obviously Friday, but, this Friday, but uh, Bobby is a beast. Um, I, I'm really impressed by his ability, and you know, being able to wrestle him on Friday for the world heavyweight title, I think it's going to be a five star. I, I know how good he is, and I know how good I still am, and I really think that together we're going to be able to put on a five star performance. It's interesting you say you know how good you still are. Do you still have the same passion and love for pro wrestling as you did when you started? I mean, you've been around for. You know, what is it, almost 20 years now? It's amazing. Do you still feel yeah. the same about it? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm older, a little wiser. Um, you know, my body, you know, doesn't doesn't prepare as quickly. Uh, you know, I've, I've, I've had to reduce to a part-time schedule, and, and I'm okay with that. As long as I'm doing what I, you know, what I love to do and, and doing it part-time, I can put on those five stars, but I couldn't go full-time and go every night the way I used to. It's just... 
it doesn't work for me now. I'm 46. I hate to say it, but I'm getting old. And uh, the old man can still go, but not, not as many times per year. When you say part-time, what does that mean? How many nights? Uh, 40 days a year. Okay. Um, that's what that's the contract I signed with Impact. Um, uh, they were very gracious to me. Uh, you know, they gave me everything I wanted and more. And you know, and that's why I stayed. Um, they were uh, they were very loyal, and uh, you know, I I can't do enough to repay them. And all I can do is what I do best, and that's in the ring. And and you recently resigned, right? You were you were I think you were free agent around December or so. Is that accurate? Yes, we signed we signed December. It's January. Until uh, January first next year, I signed a one-year deal. Oh, and what do you think? Do you think you'll stick around, or is that is that it for you after that year? You know, I, I I've been debating. Uh, I think it's time for me to hang it up. Uh, if I do go one more year, that will be it. Um, you know, if you had told me two years ago, I would have said seven more years. But no, where I am now, you know, I'm okay with uh, uh, going out the way I'm doing it and. You know, it, it, I've had a great career. Um, I've had a great career in WWE, a great career in TNA. Uh, I can honestly say I've had a better career in TNA. And there are a lot of WWE fans that haven't seen that. And, it, and that, that does suck. But for the TNA fans, they've seen Kurt Angle as the best. Does that, does that bother you that maybe your best years weren't seen by the most amount of people possible? Uh, you know what? It, it did at first, but that's okay. I mean, you know, I had my time in WWE, and and I look back at the matches I've had, and they were incredible. I mean, I I don't know if I could have done better. I just had better matches. I wouldn't say better matches, more better matches in TNA than I did in WWE. So, uh, you know, with AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, Sting, uh, Jeff Jarrett, uh, Bobby Roode, uh, you know, Bobby Lashley, uh, obviously this Friday, but uh, there's just so many guys there that, you know, if I wouldn't have went to TNA, I might have regretted not wrestling the guys that I was able to there. And uh, so I, I feel good about my career, and uh, I feel good about going out with TNA. If I decide to go to WWE next year, that that will be my last year. But right now, I'm, I'm happy where I am. And, you know, for... You know, for MMA fans, we know TNA because it was linked to Bellator for, for a long time on Spike TV. Of course, now you're on Destination America. Can you explain to us what happened there? Why, why did TNA not stick with, uh, with Spike? Because it seemed like the ratings were pretty good, all things considered, for Spike. Why did they have to move? You know, this is unofficial. This is my opinion, but I think it had a lot to do with promotion. Um, we had a hard time with, you know, getting a lot of promotion from Spike. It seemed like we were promoting more for their other shows than they were promoting for us. I think it had to do a little bit with money, uh, the the contract agreement, and that TNA might have wanted more, and uh, I think they did deserve more. Uh, I really don't know for sure what went on, but I know that Destination America has given us a, an incredible platform, and I know it's a young network, but you know we're we're on there network all the time mm. and and it's just so much it's better exposure and and they're promoting us and they're advertising us just not just on destination america but there are other networks under the discovery channel it's just overall it's, it's better for tna i think that uh we made the right decision i'm very happy with destination america. you know kurt i remember way back when when we used to talk you told me that you were considering going to the ifl right they were talking to you. they wanted yeah. you bad right 
Uh, you were getting- yeah, I, 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 you know what? I've had uh, I've had meetings with them all. Uh, IFL, MMA, uh, World Series of Fighting, um, Pony XC, twice with the UFC. Um, it's just uh, you know whether it was the money or the, the, the timing, it just wasn't right. Um, you know, I, I I considered going up until I was probably forty two. I I couldn't even think about doing it now. Uh, you know, unfortunately, but I don't regret it. I, 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 I stuck with who was loyal with me. I mean, when I met with Dana White, he wanted me to quit wrestling entirely. And I, and I respected that decision. Dana's right. Uh, but I just signed with TNA uh. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was like, it was basically, I signed that week with TNA, met with Dana White the same week. He told me I needed to quit and I couldn't go back and tell Dixie Carter, listen, I'm going to back out, you know, it was just, so, you know, and the second time I met with Dana, it, you know, he, we talked and we had a great, great conversation. I took the physical and it just, uh, you know, he wanted me to be on the, uh, uh, real fighter with Kimbo. Yeah. And, uh, and, and he was great. He, he was willing to pay me a good bit of money to be on that show. Obviously the other fighters are going to be on for no money. Uh, but he wanted me ready in four and a half weeks and it just wasn't, it wasn't in the cards, you know? Um, unfortunately, I, I think there would have been great TV, but you know, he was willing to sign me to a six fight deal after, wow. after the show. And, but, but it, he, he wanted me on the show. So it just, it just wasn't going to happen in four and a half weeks. Did he ever present a fight to you? Like, was there ever a fight on the table that, that was, that was brought to your attention? The first time, yeah, which I thought was, you know, considering my health at the time when I did that stint with Dan Pewter and WWE, and yeah. I couldn't do five five push-ups. My neck was so bad. And, uh, you know, he, he caught me with an arm bar, and, you know, I took him down, and he was cranking pretty hard. Uh, you know, thank goodness he pinned himself, but, you know, <laughs> it, it, was a, it was a wrestling match. It wasn't really an MMA match, uh, an, an MMA fight, so... Um, but the thing is he had me, you know, and, uh, Dana wanted to, uh, wanted to go with that. Oh, and I thought, wow, not that I would say Daniel Pewter's an easy fight, but for me, I don't think it would have been a problem. That was good. Uh, I was good with that, but uh, unfortunately, um, and it was big money. Uh, unfortunately, I just signed with TNA three days prior. Mm. And you have no regrets <laughs> in the back of your mind. You don't think, wow, I wish I would have done this bucket list type of thing. I believe I would have been just as good at MMA as I was pro wrestling, but I don't regret it. I can't go back and, and change everything. I can tell you this. If the money were there in MMA when I came out of the Olympics, I would have went the MMA route, but it wasn't there. Uh, it wasn't there until I was four years into my WWE career, and uh, I was already invested in it, and I loved it. I loved pro wrestling, so... You know, unfortunately, it wasn't it wasn't meant to be for me to be an MMA, but I don't regret going the pro wrestling route. I, I love this business. And of course, the follow up question is CM Punk. He's doing what a lot of you know people in your position might have done maybe a few years ago if you were a little bit younger. He's throwing yeah. it all you know throwing it all away, but he's saying goodbye to WWE and he's jumping into a sport that he doesn't have experience. At least you were you know an Olympic medalist. I mean, you've wrestled your entire yeah. life. He doesn't have that background. How do you think he's going to do? You know, talking to personal friends of Sam Punk, I think he'll do okay. Uh, I know he's been training. He's been training for a while, not just when he quit WWE, but he was doing it for a while beforehand. 
I think he's got a solid base. Um, you know, personally, if I were the promoter and, uh, I would not give him a ringer. I wouldn't give him a guy that's going to kill him. Um, you know, I'd give him someone that would, you know, be good competition for him. Um, but I, I don't know what, I don't want, I don't know what Dana White has for him. Um, you know, obviously nobody knows who he's going to fight, but, uh, I don't think he's going to be one of the best. I think he can go in there and be competitive and, and I hope he is, uh, you know, the kid's talented. He's, uh, you know, I don't know how great he is at, at jujitsu and MMA, but you know, he, he's got a talent and, uh, I think he's really good, uh, I think he'd be a great commentator in the mm. future if they decide to go that way. Uh, he's really good on that stick, and I think he is knowledgeable enough in MMA that he knows what he's talking about. So we'll see what happens with his fight. I hope he does well. And after that, I think the best thing for him is to, you know, do some commentating, announcing. Didn't World Series of Fighting try to hire you as a commentator? Yeah, we're still working on it. Oh, um, I've been I've been talking to Sean quite a bit uh, back and forth. I just been so busy with the things I'm doing right now and uh, with movies and and I, I have another project I'm not allowed to talk about oh. that I invest a lot of time in. But uh, you know, Sean Sean has been great. Uh, you know, he wants to fly me into New York once a month and do a show and and uh, you know the the show that airs on TV and. Uh, I, I've considered it. I just, I just need to find the right time to do it. So we've been going back and forth about it. By the way, were you surprised that UFC signed Punk and not some small organization? Like some people were upset about that kind of thing. What, what do you think? Um, you mean that the Punk went to UFC? Yeah. Of MMA World Series or yeah, or, exactly. Uh, or Bellator. Right. If I were Punk, um, they're all good. I mean, I, I like World Series of Fighting. I like Bellator. Um, uh, but you know, UFC right now is is the kingpin. It's uh, you know, I think anybody that wants to make a mark, I, I don't want to say that because the other companies are great too. It's just UFC is number one right now, so I can understand why Punk went that route. But I think that he might have more longevity in the other companies. And I'm dying to ask you this: What do you think Brock Lesnar is going to do? Do you think he's going to go back? <sighs> Man, uh, Brock. Um, I think he's going to fight again. I just don't know when. Uh, I, I think he still has more left in the tank. I, I don't think that... I, I believe everybody knows he was not 100% his last two fights. Uh-huh. Uh, Brock was having a hard time. And, and he went back to pro wrestling because he could take care of himself there. But if he's healthy now, I think he'd still do some damage. Brock's a beast. He's a great athlete. I have a lot of respect for him. Uh, so I think he's going to fight again. I just don't know if he's going to do it when his contract ends this time or if he's going to sign again with WWE for another year. I don't know. So back to Lashley. He dabbles in both right now. What do you think? Is he a better wrestler or MMA fighter? Oh, gosh. That's tough. I think if Bobby focused on one and not both, I think he'd be 10 times better at either. Um, Bobby is really, really good uh, as a pro wrestler. I know, I know he does some damage as an MMA fighter, but if he focused on one, I think that he could be the best at either one of them. He, he is really, he's, he's another, he's a Brock Lesnar. Mm. He's a beast. He's powerful. He's explosive. I, I haven't, I haven't wrestled a guy with this much athletic ability in his size since Brock. Uh, I don't think I ever will. Wow. Bobby is a, yeah, he's a mammoth. I, you know, 
you, you're going to see on Friday uh, when we go. Uh, I, I, I can guarantee you, he's going to throw me around. He's a he's a strong, powerful guy, and uh, you know he can take anybody down at will. He, he's not, he's an animal, and and I compare him to Brock Lesnar. You know, I'm still shocked that. You've never wrestled him before, and that's amazing to me. Before it's all said and done, is there one guy that you need to get in the ring with that you haven't? You know, I I, I dabble with MVP a little bit, but not enough. Uh, uh, you know, he's a guy that I've wanted to go with, and I'm glad he's in Impact Wrestling. Bobby Lashley was the guy. Um, you know, I really wanted to go with him. I, I never did before. I think he's been underrated as a pro wrestler all these years. So I'm happy I'm going to be able to face him on Friday. But, you know, like I said before, I, you know, I wrestled all those great wrestlers in WWE, Triple H, Ra, uh, Undertaker, Austin, you know, uh, Shawn Michaels. Uh, the list goes on up there. Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit. But, you know, in TNA, I wrestled some great ones too. And, uh, and, and I'm glad. And, and there are more. There are more guys that are coming through. There are young guys like Sean Ricker. I'd love to have a program with, uh, uh, you know, uh, Jeez, uh, I, right now my brain is just fried, but I can tell you there are a sure. lot of great guys there that I want to rush before for EC3, another one. Great talent, uh, uh, great on the microphone. He's, he's going to be a, a lot of fun to work with. So uh, I'll be able to wrestle these guys before I retire. And if I decide to stay one more year, I'll stay one more year. If I decide to go back to WWE for, you know, one last stint, that's a possibility. But, you know, we'll see what happens next year. Uh, last question for you, because we have run out of time. Uh, did you see the movie Foxcatcher, and what did you think of it? I know, obviously, you have a history with the, the, the principal characters. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, uh, yeah, I saw it. Uh, it, was, it was emotional. Yeah. Uh, for me, um, you know, Dave was, was everything to me. So, uh, you know, I was, I was there uh, for eight years. And, uh, uh, you know, unfortunately, I wasn't there the day that Dave died. I, I was supposed to come back the next day. Um, so I actually called Dave uh, and left him a message right around the time he was killed. Wow. Uh, I was telling him I was coming in the next day. So, yeah, they, they did a great job. Uh, wow, the characters, uh, they, they portrayed everybody exactly the, the way they were. It was really eerie. Um, but it, it, was, it was hard for me to watch. I put it off for a good four or five months. Mm. I didn't want to see it. But I was going to be interviewed about it, so I watched it. I, I really did not want to watch a movie. Destination America this Friday, 9 Eastern, 8 Central. The great Kurt Angle going up against Bobby Lashley for the very first time. TNA Impact. How about that? History will be made. I suggest everyone checks it out. And I got to say, this warms my heart greatly, Kurt. Again, thank you so much. You were so kind. People won't even know how kind you were to me back in the day. Uh, I, I, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. I, it's so great to hear from you. I hope everyone in your family is doing well. And I wish you the best. Whatever you decide after this year and beyond, I wish you the best. And you always have a friend here. Thank you, Ariel. You take care. All right. All the best to Kurt Angle. How about okay, that? Okay, my friend. The former Olympic gold medalist, still kicking it, mid-40s. Check him out, Destination America, this Friday. All right. Let's go to our next guest. Let's go to the Skype machine. I am so excited. She has taken the MMA world by storm. She is the new UFC strawweight champion. She is still in Dallas holding it down, and she is joining us via the Skype machine. There she is, the one and only Joanna Champion. You said we can call you on a champion after you won the belt. You have won the belt. There you are with the belt. Joanna, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you so much. Yeah, now you can call me uh, Joanna champion. <laughs> this is amazing. You're just sitting in a car with your belt. Is that what you have been doing for the last two days? 
Uh, yeah, we busy. I'm leaving tomorrow to Poland, and I just want to uh, want want to meet some friends uh, in Dallas. Uh, some shopping. Uh, we will go to Torque, uh, say hello to them, and yeah, that's all. <laughs> so, what have the last two days been like for you? Is, is is this still kind of feel like a dream? Have you have you woken up? What's it like? Yeah, you have like, the UFC belt. Like, I I I feel like I still sleeping. You know, like I I. Still cannot believe. Uh, like every day, I'm I'm more happy. Like it's coming into me, but yeah, it's good. You know, I'm happy. What was that moment like when you woke up on 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 Sunday morning with the belt next to you in your room, and you woke up and you saw it? What was that like? Like, is it real? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, like I, I'm happy. Like. I, I I don't know even what to say. I cannot show it. I'm I'm uh, I'm more happy inside inside uh, than outside, you know. But I cannot wait uh, when I will be in Poland and uh, gonna share uh, my happiness with everyone. You know? Yeah. What What's awaiting you back in Poland? Like, are they gonna throw a parade for you? What What are you expecting? I don't know, but I've got some uh, message and phone call from uh, my second head coach, and he said that uh, everyone is crazy about me. Uh, <laughs> the media gonna wait uh, at the airport, and they gonna arrange some press conference in uh, my city because uh, media go crazy, you know. So yeah. Right now, do you think you're the best athlete of Poland? The best athlete coming out of Poland? What do you think? I don't know. They don't know about me that much, uh, but now they mo uh, know more. But uh, no, we've got better athletes in Poland, probably. Well, you're very humble, and uh, and I think you're definitely in that conversation. You know, Dana White told me before the fight that his two favorite fighters were fighting on Saturday night, Anthony Pettis and you. You were up there. You, he, he says he loves watching you fight, and he says he has been... He's been a big fan of yours ever since you came to the UFC, and it's true. He's been talking about you glowingly. Did he say anything to you after the fight? Did you have a moment with him? Did you speak to him in private? And and if so, what did you say to him? And what did he say to you? Yeah, he invited me to his uh, room, uh, quest room, and he said that it was amazing and he's happy for me. Uh, and he said after the press conference that uh, he's a big fan of me. Uh, big fan of yeah. me? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and he's gonna be in Krakow, and we're gonna enjoy the show together. Oh wow, that is that is fun. And Krakow is gonna be amazing, right? It's gonna be like a big party for you. The timing couldn't be better. Yeah, like I've got so many message, uh, uh, emails, and messages uh, that everyone w w wants to meet me in Krakow. They want to see the bed. They want to see me, hug me, and just you know, uh, give five five. <laughs> uh, yeah. Have you watched the fight? Uh, no, you have not. I did watch just uh, just uh, TKO, you know, it, the, the last part of the fight. How come you didn't? Is there any reason why you didn't watch it, or you don't want to watch it? I, I didn't. I didn't have uh, have time. Like I gonna watch it uh, at home with my boyfriend, my family. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, did you really think it would go that way? I mean, that was such a dominant performance. You stuffed, I think, all but one takedown in the back of your mind. You were very confident, but did you think it would be like that? Yeah, I I I gonna be like 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 this, you know, because I am hard worker and uh, now I gonna prepare even even more harder than hard harder than before for the next fight. So yeah. 
it's me, you know. I like to work hard. Some people, including myself, thought that maybe you got in her head, that you got under her skin with the way you were facing off, with what you were saying, all that stuff. And you seemed so confident and, and relaxed walking to the cage, and she seemed the opposite. She seemed very stiff, uh, somewhat nervous. That's the way it looked, at least to me. Did you think that, you know, even before the fight, even before you saw her in the cage, did you think that you had succeeded in getting in her head and throwing her off her game? I, I think I, I break her, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, she, she, she didn't know what to expect, you know. Maybe she thought that I'm in, I am crazy, but I'm really nice, you know, but <laughs> not, not in, the, in the cage. Is it true that you gave her an expired cookie on Friday? That's what Joe Rogan said. No. <laughs> He That's said good. it was. He said it was, it was good. old. Like we bought, we bought this cookie at Seven Eleven the day before. Oh really? Okay, so you weren't trying to get her sick. No, didn't. That's what he said. I don't know. And she even joked about that. Uh, did you say anything to her after the fight? Yeah, that uh, I like her and uh, she's still good uh, fighter, and that uh, I hope we're gonna meet meet each other in the future. That's all. Now, i got to ask you about your style. I'm so impressed with your style. Uh, you were wearing Air Jordans afterwards. I saw on your Instagram you're, you're, you're writing about uh, LeBron James shoes. And then the best, yes. the best one of them all was Thursday at the media day. You were wearing overalls, but down. I mean, you're, are you really into hip-hop or something? Because it seemed like you were like one of those b-boys. You know what I mean? No, I'm not. I like, like you know, I'm like Miss Sporty, you know. I like okay. sporty style. And today I've got some Reebok from UFC, so oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, something different. Not real kicks, but still, uh, like you know, I like good jeans, good kicks, and uh, it's me, you know. So, what are your favorite kicks? What's your ultimate pair? Now that uh, you have all this money, what are you gonna buy? Jordans are the best. But uh, uh, when I will be back to Poland, I will got the classic Cortez uh, Forest Gump edition, <laughs> so it's nice, you know. Spring is coming, summer, so good, good kicks for I, summertime. My favorite is Nike SBs. Do you like SBs? SBs, yeah. Yeah, you have any? No, I, I don't have, but I like. Okay, uh, you have to come to a but store. But my social media manager is like uh, really sneakerhead with his girlfriend. Uh, you could meet him. Uh, he will walk with us to the octagon. He's amazing. You should talk to him. I would love to. Uh, you have to come to a yeah. store here in New York City. It's called Flight Club. They have amazing, really unique shoes. You would love it. All kinds of the, like the, the the most unique ones. You can't get them in any kind of store. I will. I will. <laughs> okay, and what about this uh, this outfit that you were wearing on Thursday, the overalls, but down? Is that a look that's popular in Poland? No, I I just, like I said, I like good jeans, you know, and, <laughs> like, I just want to wear it, and I did it, you know. I'm not, I am not, like, a typical uh, girl, you know. Sure. I'm not going to wear a dress because they, they want it, you know. They want me to do, like... I must feel comfortable, you know, that's all. Of course, I like to wear high heels and dress, but it's, it's for a special ceremony, you know? Sure. I loved it. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not knocking it. I thought it was amazing. It like, was... I'm original, you know? Now you are talking about me and, and the other people, but they're not talking about the Carla because she were like... 
beep. That's all. Okay. Uh, you, you've said enough there. Uh, but honestly, though, a year ago this time, you weren't even in the UFC. You weren't really on the radar. I know you weren't fighting in the weight class, but is all of this happening a little fast for you? Did you, did you think this time you know, you'd be champion? Like, after the fight uh, with Lima, I say that uh, I want to have, like, two, three more fights before I will get a title shot. But, yeah, I had really tough fight with uh, Claudia Gadella. Uh, she's, like, one of the best. So I think it was a good decision to, to get the title shot with Carla. And it was a good time, you know. You could see it. Speaking of uh, Claudia Gadelia, she's fighting in Poland against uh, Ashling Daly, and also Joanne Calderwood is fighting. What do you think? What do you think they're going to do next with you? Who who do you think they're going to match you up with? Like one of them could be my, my uh, future opponent, uh, but I I don't know who. So we're gonna see. Even Dana don't know, doesn't know. Is there someone that you think makes the most sense? Like I think Claudia or Jojo. Either one. And, and what about this idea of, of you fighting JoJo in Scotland? How do you feel about that? I think it's, like, too short, but I don't know. I don't know. I can do this, you know. I can fight even next month, you know. <laughs> I just want to take a few days off and I can be back, you know. <laughs> no injuries in this fight, right? Uh, no, not at all. Just through brazes and that's all. But uh, to fight, let's say it is, uh, Joanne, let's just say I'm just throwing out the idea... Would you be okay with fighting her in her home country? I mean, that's Scotland. You're not, you know, that would be a, an advantage for her. Would you be okay with that? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I'm gonna be the same, you know. But I like to fight in the U.S. And and there are a the lot most. of a lot of people when they become popular from uh, outside of the U.S. Then you see them move to a U.S. camp. They go to one of the big popular camps. Are you gonna stay in Poland? Yeah, I'm gonna stay in Poland, but uh, I will see. Maybe I will come to US because uh, in US uh, it's a lot of good fighters, sure. female fighters, uh, um, lots of different uh, uh, like sparring Boxes. partners. Uh, so it's good. Any any camp in particular that you're interested in? Like, no, no. no. Okay, and by the way, what was it like getting a tweet from Ronda Rousey? She she gave you a great compliment on Twitter. What was that like? Yeah, I like it so much. I uh, expect to meet her uh, in Dallas, uh, but I didn't. So I hope I'm going to uh, meet her in the future because she's amazing, you know, and I'm happy. What was the greatest compliment or moment that happened as a result of you becoming champion? Did something happen that just that has stuck out? Something with your family, with your boyfriend, with I, I don't know anything that sticks out as an amazing thing that happened in the last two days to you? Like, I don't know. I still like you know. I can even cry about my baby, but it's 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 real, you know, because uh, I did my job and that's all. And uh, they are happy for me because they could see. Uh, how heavy was the way, you know, for, for this one. Did this feel better than your six Muay Thai titles? Yeah, it Com is. Combined, like, right? UFC is the biggest, and I'm, like I said, I'm really happy to be part of it, and yeah. Well, it's, it's like the biggest, the biggest dream. Congratulations. It's an amazing story. Thank you so much. I, I, I am so happy for you. Uh, enjoy the belt. You are, Like I said, I think you're a star. A star was born on Saturday. The fans love you. 
media loves talking <laughs> about you. You you deserve everything. And uh, congratulations on an amazing performance. Blown away by your performance. Enjoy your your last few hours in Dallas right. and your 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 homecoming in in Poland. And uh, I very much look forward to your next fight. And thank you so much for coming on the show. I know you're Thanks very so busy now, but you thank guys. you. All right, keep, keep it up. Thank you very much. And thank you to her management team, Sucker Punch, for hooking us up. Tiago and Brian, uh, very nice of them. You know, after someone wins the belt, it is, uh, it is a whirlwind. And uh, we appreciate that very much. So thank you very much to the team. And wow, how about that? Joanna Champion. She called it. She was confident. She was unique. She was an original. And she is now just the third European champion in UFC history. The first, of course, from Poland. New York Rick and I like to talk uh, via Gmail chat during the show. He tells me who's next. And he said, he said, we have the champ, but we just had a champ. So I wasn't sure if it was now uh, we were talking about Ioana or our next guest. But he's talking about our next guest. So on Saturday night, it was historic. It was the first time since UFC 92 that two titles changed hands. I believe the first time since UFC 46 that two undisputed titles changed hands. Of course, Ioana champion, Ioana Jacek of Poland, now the new strawweight champion. And then the big one, the shocker to many people. Rafael Dos Anjos is the new UFC lightweight champion. Remember way back when he was on this show, right when this fight was announced, very confident, said he saw holes in Anthony Pettis' game. He called it, and, and, and he made it happen on Saturday night. He's the new 155-pound champion, and he joins us right now via the phone. Rafael, how are you? I'm good. I'm really good, man. Wow. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you so much. Congratulations again. So I'll ask you the same question that I just asked Joanna. The last two days, what have they been like for you as champion? Yeah, man, today for me was like a common day. You know, I woke up early, took my kids to the school. Wow. And so right now I'm at the Starbucks having some coffee, you know, with some friends. Normal day, man. <laughs> when you took your kids to school, did the other parents say, hey, I saw you on TV, you're the new champion. What, what, what has it been like? Yeah, that was it was really good. I, I I went to buy some lunch for him, and the principal recognized me. That was, that was such amazing, you know, experience. Every every I meet a lot of people who watch the fight, and so there was like a revelation. Really good, man. Really good. Does work it, done. Does it work was done? Yeah. Does it still feel a little surreal to you that you're the champion after all these years? Yeah, man. Well, finally, I, I like like I've been saying on my interviews, I've been working hard for like for long years, and finally, man, I got my my chance and got my belt, and man, I now it's just time to enjoy, you know, recover my injuries, and you know, enjoy my family, man. You know, I haven't I haven't enjoyed my family for for so long, and now I I want to spend time with them. What was it like traveling with the belt? It's a very heavy belt, you know, and going through security, the plane, all that. What was that like? Yeah, man. Uh, I, I hurt my arm, you know. I blocked a couple of feet. Yeah. No, it was, uh, it was my first five-round fight. And it's tough, you know. It's, it's tough in the body, you know. And, man, but 
my arm was tired and they have the belt heavy, but man, I couldn't like go, you know, have have kept my belt all the way home. So what an amazing moment I, I was able to witness after the fight. Your wife was there, your two boys were there, and, and you told me on Thursday that you know you you you'd only take your kids if you fought for the belt and you wouldn't let anyone beat you up in front of your kids. And I thought that was that was just a beautiful thing to say. And it, and it came true. You were the champion. To be able to celebrate that and enjoy that moment with them, what, what was that like for you? Because just watching your fa- the, the, the smiles on your wife's face and your kid's face, it was, it was priceless. Yeah, it was like, like I said, it's priceless, you know. Like being a champion and have my kids in the octagon, my wife, you know, they hold it a belt. Man, that was a, such a, like a movie, man, you know. And so great to her, so blessed, you know, to be in this position. Even like before the fight, you know, just to be fighting for the belt, to be in that position, I was already happy, you know. And then I stepped into that fight, happy, you know, just happy, no pressure at all. And, and God bless me one more time, man. What did, did your kids say anything to you? Like, did they have a moment where they said how proud of you they were or something, something with your kids? Did anything happen? Sure, man. They, they, my, my young one, he doesn't stop saying, like, about the belt. He want to see the belt at the time. <laughs> and he want to carry the belt at the time, you know. He loves cameras. He want to be on the camera all the time. And my old one, man, he, man, he's, he's friend at the school. He, he, all the kids was crazy, you know, like about my performance, and just happy, you know, and like, like mission accomplished, man. Yeah, and and where is the belt now, by the way? The belt now is uh, is at my car, in my trunk, you know. Oh. And I, everywhere I go, people want to see it, and I, I I like I like show this for like some friends, you know, and. It's on my trunk. It's follow me wherever, wherever I go. Uh, you told me that Fabricio Verdum came back. You were there at the gym when he came back with the belt, and he showed it, and that inspired you. Have you done the same yet? Have you gone back to the gym with your belt? Nah, I just got a call. I got, I got, I got some problem, problem with my phone, and I can, I can buy to, to the to the, the the store to fix it. And so I couldn't have the time to go there, you know. And uh, but they just finished training now, I think. And I had plans to go there to bring the belt to my friends so they can see, you know, because I got a lot, a lot of inspiration and Fabrice showed his belt for me. Yeah. When I hold it, and I want to do the same for the other people, but I couldn't go to things today. But I'm gonna try. Uh, I'm gonna try go by Wednesday on the next training. Have you watched the fight? Yeah, and I watched the fight yesterday, and it was, it was a great fight, you know. I, I, I pulled good strategy, you know. I hit him hard, and that was, that was the plan, man. It was exactly what I expected. You, you really thought it would go like that? You, you didn't think it would be a closer fight because that was 5 nothing for you? Yeah, man. I, I, like I said, man, I, I, I got on that fight, like, really confident, you know, really confident that the best thing is going to happen for me, man. You know, and I trained hard. I trained hard for that day, and I knew my I I I I gonna be champion, man. When I when I went that fight, so I think I I gonna hit hard, you know, walking forward for the pressure, and so I did, man. Everything worked perfect. 
Was there a moment in the fight where you were like, okay, I got this guy, where your confidence really grew, a punch that you landed, uh, you know, a takedown, something that you thought, okay, this is this is mine? Yeah, man. Uh, like I was saying in the interview, everybody has a plan before that punch. Yeah. And then I think the first punch I land, he fell. I think that punch, uh, the punch changed the fight. And once I hit the first takedown, on the end of the first round, I got it. And then I felt, man, now I got two, two big weapons here. I feel like once I hit him hard, he, he, he forgot about the takedown. And then now I have, like, because my plan wasn't, like, going straight for the takedown. No, my plan was straight punch, you know, keep the fight standing. And once it fell, I saw that open for the takedown. And I said, man, now I have I have one more weapon. Then I started using this to, to the, 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 the last round. Could you tell that his eye was messed up, that it was bothering him? Yeah, I was. I was on my corner between rounds, and I and I, I look at the other side. Uh, I felt him kind of, kind of uncomfortable with that eye, and I said that that that's the key. You know, I gotta keep putting pressure. And but Anthony's a great champion. He he's so. You know, he, he, he changed games a couple of times during the fight. You know, he started going to my, 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 to my right side. And yeah, it changed my game a little bit. But I, I'm glad I, 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 could, I, I did my, my strategy well. You know, I, I, I hit the other takedowns. I'm, I just, just you know, happy. Now, your, your manager, Ali Abdelaziz, told us afterwards that you had injured your knee, and we spoke about this afterwards. Uh, two days later, after fighting with the, the injured MCL, how does it feel now? Yeah, man, uh, I woke up just, like, around 3 a.m. last night to go to the restroom, and I, my knee was, like, kind of, I couldn't walk, man. I don't know what's going on, and I need, to, I, I need to I need to go MRI to make sure, you know, uh, my knee is, like, kind of sore. And my foot, too, I think because it teaches me a lot, his elbow, and my foot's kind of fall, but I think I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be fine. I, I need to do an MRI and make sure my body's okay. When is that? When are you going to go to the doctor? Yeah, I mean, as soon as possible. I just spoke to my manager uh, with Ali, and he, he's doing his work at my doctor appointment, so I, I'm looking to go today like soon as possible. And did it bother you at all in the fight, or because of the adrenaline in the moment, were you not thinking about it? No, didn't bother me at all. But I, I was just afraid to kick with my left, my right leg, and I, I didn't kick. I think I kicked a couple of times, but like I like to do my switch body kick with my strong leg, but I couldn't do it. You know, I, I, I wanna. I, I, my friend was save my leg as much as I can. Hmm. You know, it wasn't all that long ago. You weren't even in the UFC video game. Remember that? You 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 had yeah. to you had to tweet. Now you're the UFC champion, and of course, Anthony had a lot of great sponsors and a lot of love. Do you think you'll get respect now? Do you think you'll be you know uh, in the forefront and getting all these great sponsors and attention like he was? Well, uh, it's not my intention to get get his sponsor. No, I, I'm just my hard worker. No, I wanna I wanna work hard. If, if, man, I think now the thing's going to start happening for me. 
And finally, I think I got the respect that I deserve. But I think this is just the beginning, you know. I got the belt. I'm going to keep this belt for a long time. And I, uh, I think it's just the beginning, man. It's just the beginning. Do you have a preference who you fight next? Because you fought both guys, Khabib and uh, Donald Cerrone, and Dana White said that the winner of that fight is going to fight you. Do you have a preference? Uh, actually not, you know. Um, I, I, man, I, I still have that love against Khabib. I want to get it clear. And, but Khabib has a tough fight. Cerrone is a tough opponent. I don't know how he's going to be like come back from a bad injury fight against him. But we'll see, man. You know, we'll see. And if he's Cerrone, it's okay. I'll fight ahead. I don't have any preference. And uh, uh, I'll be ready, man, for any one of, the, of them. You wouldn't prefer to fight the guy that you lost to? I mean, he's been saying, you know, work on your wrestling and all that stuff. Wouldn't, wouldn't you want to? You, you already beat Cerrone. Isn't the Khabib fight more interesting? Yeah, I think so. I think I would prefer, you know, uh, because I lost for him. I would like to get it clear. And, and you know, now it's another time, you know. Everything changed. Yeah. You know, like, the things changed a little bit. And so the, the, the next fight will be a different fight. When would you like to return? Yeah, I have, uh, for the past 11 months, I fought five times. And I, I had six camps because I had one fight canceled. I guess Houston had a lot two weeks before the fight. So I had six camps in, in, in 11 months. My body's pretty beat up. And like I said, I never had any knee injuries before in my whole life. And like for the last month, I started feeling like kind of different injuries on my body. And, but... I, I just want to have some time with my family. I don't want to think about fights right now. I just need to spend some time with them. You know, I haven't given them attention that they deserve for, for like a year or so. Now I just want to enjoy them. Okay, last thing for you. Uh, my, my friend and colleague, Guilherme Cruz, told me this, and I want to ask you if it's true. Is it true that your wife asked Fabricio Verdum, Rafael Cordero, and Babalu and the whole team to record a video message for you congratulating you on the win, and then they showed it to you after the fight? Like, they congratulated you before the fight, and then they showed it after? Is that is that accurate? Yes, yes. And then we, we invite my wife, made me a surprise yesterday. Once I got home, she brought us all my friends, Babalu. Verdu couldn't come because he's in Russian. But she, she brought us all my friends. My house was, like, with 40 people or so. A lot of guys there, and then she put a video, a testimonial video. Everybody congratulated me, and she did everything like before the fight. You know? Wow, that was amazing. Yeah. Did Did you get emotional? Yeah, man. Pretty much have my friends there. You know, feel that people like saying for me, believing me, and like they were saying on the video. You know, you're not only a champion on the octagon; you are a champion in life. That was like amazing for me. Wow. Well, congratulations again, Rafael. It's, uh, it's an amazing story. Uh, enjoy the belt. And enjoy your time with your family. And it's interesting, right? Not that long ago, they were saying Brazilian MMA not doing so well in the UFC. And now, all of a sudden, there are three champions from Brazil. So yeah. it's not doing too bad. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I'm happy for that.
Thank you, Rafael. Uh, congratulations, Parabéns, once again. And uh, really appreciate you coming on. I know you're very busy, so it means a lot to us that you would come on the show for a few minutes. Sure. Thank, thank you for having me, Ariel. Take care, my brother. Okay. All the best to Rafael Dos Anjos, the new UFC lightweight champion. An unbelievable win. A virtuoso performance. A lot of people picked against him. A lot of people thought, you know, what was it? What was it? Five to one? What was he? What was he in your crick? Five to one? Six to one? He was something. It was big. A huge upset and uh, a changing of the guard in the UFC's lightweight division. How about that? Congratulations, Sim. And a very entertaining card on, on Saturday night. Top to bottom, the uh, the prelims were a lot of fun. Some great finishes there. And uh, I had no problem with the, the main card. Henry Cejudo with a fine performance, performance he needed to take that next step to the title. No problem with Johnny Hendricks at all. But that was the fight he needed as well. Over him, dancing around like a flyweight. And then, of course, Joanna, you know, Jacek and Rafael Dos Anjos, the new UFC champions in their respective divisions. Wow. A night to remember in Dallas. On that note, let us go inside the vault now. And uh, let's stick with the RDA theme. Back at UFC 132, when he was not on our radar for title contention or anything of, of that nature, Rafael Dos Anjos fought a man by the name of George Sotteropoulos. Remember that? UFC 132. That was the card. That was that was July 4th weekend. That was the card that was headlined by uh, Dominic Cruz versus Uriah Faber. It was the Bud Light Lime card where they were all wearing green. It was green on the octagon and all that stuff. And Rafael Dos Anjos was, was, was making that turn to title contention. We didn't know at the time, but he was, in hindsight, making that turn. You know, he was coming off a loss to Clay Guida, but this was a gigantic win for him, a gigantic opportunity. He fought George Sotteropoulos, and if you recall, he knocked him out in just 59 seconds, a brutal knockout. And this was big. I believe, looking quickly at his record, it was his first knockout win. July 2nd, 2011. After that, he actually lost to Gleison Tebow via split decision, but then he would not lose again until he met Khabib Nurmagomedov uh, last April, and he hasn't lost since. Officially now, he's won nine of his last ten. But back in July of 2011, to me, looking back, that felt like the the turning point. When he, sh- he started to really show signs of being the striker that he has become, showing the power that he possesses, and, uh, and, and, and getting, getting our attention. So I wanted to look back at that moment, July 2nd, 2011, UFC 132, Las Vegas, Nevada. And note, you just heard him speaking pretty darn good English. Back then, he couldn't speak English. We had a translator. He was speaking in Portuguese. Eh, it's not the greatest interview of all time, but it's fun to look back at that around four years or so ago when... Like I said, RDA was not on our radar. Now here he is, the UFC lightweight champion. We go inside the vault to UFC 132, July 2nd, 2011, our post-fight interview with Rafael Dos Anjos. Ariel Hawani, post-fight at UFC 132, alongside Rafael Dos Anjos, who knocked out George Sotteropoulos tonight. And Rafael Parabens, congratulations on a huge win for you, your first true knockout of your MMA career. How are you feeling, my friend? 
I feel really happy. I worked a lot on my stand-up, on my striking in Thailand and in, in Singapore. So I, I think that it paid off. You know, I, I was very confident in this round and the first round, and I felt going in that I, I had the heavier hands in the fight, and I was just very lucky to get that knockout in the first round. Can you talk about why you went to Thailand and Singapore to work on your striking? Did you feel as though this was something that you needed to do in order to improve your overall game? Yeah, I spent three months at uh, Evolve MMA in Singapore. I was there with my family, so it was great to be able to relax and also train. Worked a lot on my Muay Thai, my boxing. Got really confident with my stand-up skills and it really paid off in the fight. Was that the first time that you had done something like that, traveled um, uh, to, to the Far East to, to practice your, your striking primarily? Well, no, I was there three times. I was in Singapore three times. I've been over there in Singapore three times already, but this time I spent three months, so I really got a lot of training in. I train at Evolve in Rio, but it's all one team, Evolve Singapore. Great guys, and it really, really pays off to go over there and work on my stand-up. Originally, I thought the stoppage was early, but then when I saw the replay, it was clear he was out. When he fell to the mat, did you know he was out? I saw that he fell very mole. Yeah, when he fell, he looked to be out. It didn't seem like he'd be back uh, in the fight, but the judge didn't stop the fight, so uh, I rushed in and uh, the ref stopped it. It has been a long road for you to get to this point. The last time we saw you was at UFC 117. You lost. Uh, you injured your jaw in that fight. Uh, what was the recovery like? Uh, the jaw injury is not a very pleasant one. No injuries are very pleasant, but that one in particular, what was that like, and, and, and how is your jaw feeling now? It was you know, it's a really complicated injury. The recovery takes time. The surgeries are tough, but you know, I've got four metal plates in my mouth and a few screws, so I feel stronger than ever. I don't think it'll ever break again. Final question: Anyone in particular that you want next? I don't know. I don't like to choose adversaries. I train hard and I'm here in the event. And if they put me, I'm ready. I'm certain. I don't like to choose my opponents, but I'm training hard, and whoever they put in front of me, I'm good. Thank you. Obrigado. Unbelievable. And uh, four years later, here he is, less than four years later, UFC lightweight champion Rafael Dos Anjos. What a story. Uh, a bit of breaking news here. I am told by uh, sources in Bellator that the new UFC, excuse me, the new Bellator light heavyweight champion Liam McGeary has just signed a multi-year, multi-fight contract extension. I asked when his next fight will be. They tell me somewhere between July and September of this year. I believe there have been some flirtations of a McGeary Tito Ortiz fight, which would be obviously a very big deal. But congratulations to another friend of the show, Liam McGeary, for signing a new deal with Bellator MMA. He is, of course, their new Light heavyweight champion, he defeated Emmanuel Newton on February 27th. All right, that does it for our interviews this week. And how about that? What a fun show so far, huh? A lot of great characters, a lot of uh, great personalities, two new champions. I mean, this is one. Every week I get so nervous. How am I going to top this week? And correct me if I'm wrong. New York, are you there? I'm here. I spoke to you earlier. You didn't answer me. 
Yeah. What uh, are you doing? The guys in the back were a little bit asleep. The, the microphone. Guys is... No, I said the guys. Okay. Uh, but the guys in the back were. Uh, so you were trying to answer me. I was speaking into a microphone that, uh, let's just say, was not sending out uh, audio. What, what was going on? It was unplugged? No. Just down on the fader. I, I, I like the fact that you're actually telling it like it is here, because I feel like usually you'll give me some kind of PC answer, or I thought you were just ignoring me, but you're calling them out. Most you're saying of the they time, were sleeping. Yeah. They were but, sleeping uh, three hours into the show. They, they, they dozed off. Yeah, I'm not going to blame them, though. I mean... Who do we throw under the bus here? I mean, I need a name, specific no, name. No, 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 no we, we don't do that. Okay, fair enough. Um, well, let me ask um, you the so first what, question. Wait, wait, the before, first qu- yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was about four and a half, five... Uh, to one. And you claim, you, 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 you are saying that you implied last week that he was going to win, which I think is no, total BS. No, I didn't say that. Okay. What I said was, uh, I thought Pettis um, was like more likely going to win, but that the odds were completely off. That he was a legitimate challenger to Pettis' title, and Pettis' deficiencies in takedown defense um, were are clear. Uh, Clay Guida you know, laid out the game plan. If you crowd him... And, and try and you know pressure him and take out take take away the space that he needs to operate. Um, he's just not as effective, and and Rafael did a great job of that. Now, certainly, he took some of uh, Pettis's best shots yeah. um, and responded in a way that you know m- most probably couldn't. Um, but I did think that the odds were off that he was a legitimate title threat, and it was worth you know putting down an underdog bet. Now, that doesn't mean that I think he's I'm picking him to win because his I could see his odds as still less than fifty percent. Um, even if I think there's value on the bet. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. I wonder, though, like, I mean, I asked this question to Dave. I'll ask you. The eye, I mean, the eye really seemed to bother him. Do you think, do you think they fight again? Do you think this is one of those cases where RDA has his number? or do you we, think... have a, we have a, a okay. question about the eye later in the show, which I think makes a good point about it. So let's save that. Okay, I also want to ask you, right now, I'm looking at the page, we have 304 questions, or at least... Yeah. Now, is this, like, what is going on here? Are a lot There's a lot of replies up? today. There's a lot of people fired up about... Who's uh, calling us? Yeah, let's turn answer that the volume phone. No, answer the phone. Let's no, 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 see. No, no, no. Come on, uh, I want to know. A, there's a lot of... Uh, Call, pick it up right there's now. There's a lot Go. of replies. There's Go. a lot of... Um, Why don't you pick it up? Hang tight. Just do it. Let's see what happens. Don't be scared. Who is it? M- MMAR, this is Eric. Yes. Does he sound... Yeah, we can uh, do a question right now. Right now, actually. go right now. We haven't taken a question in a while. Does he sound half coherent? I feel like you kind of ignore the phone callers. Let the people weigh in on this. All right. Is Eric Sorry, not giving but, us? Um, oh. try, try and ask it on Twitter. What? Wait, wait, wait! I want to talk to him. All right. What? What happened? He called them uh, Rafael dos Santos. So. And that's it. That you get you get nixed for that. What one. if he got, what if he was nervous? Did no, it sound sorry. like a legit question or no? Uh, I didn't I didn't hear anything you, past Rafael dos Santos. That's it. Wow. You get Holy the, you get yanked. Moly. You get yanked. You know this brings up a great point, by the way. I was in Dallas this past week, as you may know, and yep. man, you you have really pissed off the people. How I can't so, tell, tell you. Me. I can't. And this is another indication of of this. I can't tell you how many people are like, "Wow, I love your show. I listen every week. I download it. Blah blah blah." Yeah. But. When New York Rick crapped all over the people's main event, the concept, it's, no, I'm being honest. I, at least 10 people brought this up to me. You see, and here you are spitting in their face. Don't forget where you came from. These are the people that now, propelled you into the now position think about that you the are concept. today. Think you about the concept here. You are one of those here. people. Think about the concept here of you, you Ariel Hawani, 
yes. decreeing something as the people's main event. Yes. And was I right? Giving or, it that was label, I right or was I right? Giving it that label and then giving it forth to the people as something you're presenting them as a gift. Was I right or was I the, right? The people's main event is something that can be voted no. on by no, the feeling not. of the it's people. Not, because they don't even know. People are saying Hendrix and uh, Brown. Well, then I know what's I, right. I've never well, been wrong no, with the people's no, main event. See, that's not how it works. I am the man of the people. No, no, no. And no. the people. Hey, 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 wait a second. Now I'm going to put you in your place because before, when you were, when you were, when you were looking for gifts at at Gawker Media, I was the man of the people. <laughs> I came from Jerry Park. I came from nothing. I've been doing this now, way longer. I know what the people want. So, you're one of these. So all of a sudden, you're on ESPN. Yeah, and now, that's right. And now you're dictating what the people want. I don't think so. No, no, no. I've been no, dictating no, no. what the people wanted way Mm-mm. before I was on ESPN. Mm-mm. The point is, this is not a discussion of whether or not I am right or wrong when I decide what's the people's main event because I've never been wrong. It's you <laughs> crapping on the idea. Yep. Did you see TJ Grant? Did you see him? He, the people are just throwing it out now like it's ain't no thing. Like this is a real thing. TJ Grant is like, hmm, I've been thinking the people's main event tonight is going to be such and such. I believe he picked Brown Hendricks, which again proves that people should, you know, they should just leave this up to me. But no, nope. why I bring this up is I think the people are starting to feel like you're above them. No, and I am with them. Mm. I am the one who Look is. What you did? You just I hung the, up. I just hung the, up on someone. I want the democratic sakes, vote for the people's sight. main event. I don't take. I don't take people's main event orders from Ariel Hawani. No, no, you don't no. tell me what the people's see, main event if, is. If you would have said people this, tell you, if what you would have said this last is. week, then I could. Now you're trying to save face, and I think the people can see right through that. You crapped on the whole, the whole existence yep. of this concept. It's and nonsense. That, mm. Nonsense. Look, who don't else? let him tell you did, what the people's someone, main event is. We have a voice. This? Someone mentioned it on the show today. What? Oh, Habib. He was saying it's the people's main event. Man, that guy is... He is something, isn't he? Unbelievable. That guy is something. Sometimes you wonder when you look at the Twitter, it's like, is he really writing this? No, I, yes, I believe it. it 100%. There's guys you can tell who's not writing their Twitter. He, I mean, he just drops elbows. He just drops elbows every time he hops on Twitter. Was amazing. He's the, he's the Dagestan cowboy. <laughs> this is incredible. He said, "Cowboy's a fake cowboy." Yeah, I'm the real cowboy. I mean, he's just—he's gold. Um, probably, I don't even follow him on Twitter. You because, don't because I know that everybody wrote, will sure. retweet it the moment he tweets. So I don't even have to. Uh, let's let's get into the questions. Okay, fine. Uh, Pettis's losses seems like Pettis lost as Rafael dos Anjos uh, put the pressure on him constantly, like Clay Guida did. You would think this would be a place where the, his camp would have trained him in that. Is that his kryptonite? Do you see him successfully covering off on this flaw moving forward in his next few fights? I think I touched upon this a little bit. I mean, that's clearly where his, his yeah. deficiency is at this point. Can we um, just talk about this new TV that we have here? I mean, uh, is the MMA hour rolling in the dough or look what? Look at that thing. Wow, look at that. It's curved. It's gigantic. It's crystal clear. I hope we don't have to go back to the other one. This is something. Now nah, we're keeping this. What is the what is the what is the point of having the, the curved TV? The curvature. Like, yeah. What does I it asked. Do? I asked uh, our 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 person in the studio here, Alex, okay. earlier. Person. And he did not. Well, I didn't want to say like engineer. He has so sure, many hats. Sure, so it's, many it, hats. I don't want to pigeonhole him into something. Sure. But uh, there are. I, I he doesn't know. I don't know. I'm not understanding it. But but I'll tell you this. Regardless of that, it looks incredible. Back to the question. Yes. That, that's I'm clearly not ready, his flaw. Yeah, well, I'm not ready to jump off the, the Pettis bandwagon. I really thought that he was going to be a champion for quite some time. I have no problem saying that. And I know this is kind of silly and people say it all the time. I do feel bad for his next opponent. Well, what, I think that he is going to go on a tear now. 
And uh, I, I think maybe one or two wins, and we might see a rematch against Dos Santos if he keeps the belt or, you know, Habib or Cerrone, whatever. But I, I'm not ready to say, I, I really think that I messed him up. I really mm. do. I really do. I, I think his takedown defense has looked a lot better as of late. I mean, his fights haven't been that long, so it's kind of hard to say. You know, I, I wonder what it has been. But, man, he's been working with Askren, and, and, and just from the stuff I was hearing, and, of course, some of it you have to take with a grain of salt because of who you're getting it from. I'm not ready to, uh, to write this guy off. I really think he's, very, he's a very special fighter. I think he deserves everything that he has received. Well, I just think that eye really messed him up. Not taking anything away. I mean, Dos Santos did that to his eye. Yes. But that I mean, changed that's the, the course here. of the fight. Yeah, is that he it. did this to his eye. Absolutely. This is not, I hate what, like, with, with Woodley and Condit, where people are like, well, if he didn't injure his knee. No, Woodley did that to Condit. Yes. This isn't a freak thing. Yes, that comes up later. But, mm, I mean, we've heard the same thing about Anderson Silva. You know, that his takedown defense isn't great uh, for many, many years. And Chael Sonnen exposed that. Um, but he still seemed to find a way to win fights. And I think Pettis is very much that same kind of fighter who he's scrappy enough, um, you know, in scrambles that he can find submissions. And, you know, nobody needs to talk about his striking. We all know how good that is. Um, he, he finds ways to win. But in this case, uh, the game plan was too solid. And, and Rafael has too many tools in the tool bag. And, uh I don't think there was anything fluky about this. I don't think anything, you know, he hurt his eye in the first round, and that, that I don't think that would have made much of a difference, to be honest. Now, um, having two eyes more than one is, is, is beneficial, um, but Rafael's game plan was too, was too solid, uh, and he showed that he can take Pettis' best shot in the first round. Mm-hmm. So I, I, don't, I don't give any credence to anything about the eye. My friend uh, Patrick Sheehan, who's smarter than all of you, I believe he is the brother of the... The legend, Sean Sheehan, says the curvature in the TV is to match the curvature of the human eye and give better viewing from all angles. There it is. Makes sense. Um, okay, next question. Do you think being on the Wheaties box and being touted as the pound-for-pound pound, uh, next best thing contributed to falling off the cliff performance we saw from Anthony Pettis on Saturday? Sure, it's only one loss, but it's the same uh, loss he suffered to cl- – it's the – yeah, yeah. It's not exactly the same loss, but it's the same loss he suffered to Clay, and we all blame that on octagon jitters. He's beaten some great fighters, but he really phoned in the performance this time. I well, think I that's know. a little harsh. Yeah, I mean, again, that's not giving credit to RDA. But do you think he bought no. into his own hype no. a little bit? Because remember, the, the Wheaties thing happened before the Gilbert fight, and he was out for a year and a half. So why would it affect him now? Um, I, I re- I'll say this. Yeah. He, didn't, he wasn't dominating the Gilbert fight to start either. I know, but then, I mean, let's not take away what he did in the no, second round. Uh, Submitted him first time. Incredible submission. Um, but I think what we've seen more mm-hmm. now is that people can stand with Anthony Pettis um, on the feet without, you know, the, I don't think people are scared sure. to stand with Anthony Pettis. And Rafael Dos Anjos was, was the prime example of that. He traded with them in dangerous territory and came out looking great. And credit to his improved hands, obviously. Um, he's, he's been on a tear. This is what I'll say about this question. Even bringing this up, I feel like we are not giving RDA credit. He beat him up for five rounds. He took him off his game. That was all RDA. It was more, in my opinion, what RDA did than what Anthony Pettis did not do. All the questions are about Pettis. All of them. It's amazing. Next one. Do you think seeing Sergio... Uh, getting knocked out like that affected Anthony mentally. They said uh, they thought it was an advantage being on the same car together and going through a training camp together, but seeing your little brother get that done to him must be hard to get out of your mind going into your own fight. I couldn't agree more. That's the first thing I thought when when Sergio went down, when Ryan Benoit had that comeback and and finished him. 
I was like, man, I wonder what Anthony Pettis is thinking right now. He has to just watch his brother in the locker room get finished like that. And on the flip side, of course, if Sergio wins, it's great. But this is very much a reality as well. You know, I asked someone about that in the UFC, and they said to me that the guys requested to be on the same card. And I kind of feel like there's just too much going. There's too much emotion, especially when they fight so far apart. You know, if it was co-main or main, I mean, maybe you could block it out. But I don't know. I, I would rather not. And, you know, I asked I asked Anthony about this in our pre-fight interview, and he said that he wasn't going to corner uh, Sergio or anything like that, and I can understand. But he's kind of he was implying that it was time for Sergio to be his own man, to be his own guy, and I feel like this is a big part of it as well. Um, you know, it happened. Again, I feel like we're kind of taking something away from RDA, but if you if you aren't affected by that, you're not really human. And by the way, did you notice Sergio was in his corner. He was pumping him up. He was there for his brother. That was really cool as well. I mean, Sergio wasn't licking his wounds just, you know, three hours after getting knocked out. He was back in there supporting his big brother. But, gosh, I, 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 I can't. I can't imagine it not messing with you for at least a few minutes. Now, whether or not he was thinking about it in the fight or walking out, who knows, but it couldn't have been a pleasant thing. I mean, possibly, but maybe you, it's something you can use as motivation. Like, I can't let that happen. I have to represent. I don't know. Um, but I think both of them are, you know, fine. They'll be, they'll be back and they'll be strong, um, and they'll have much better performances next. And as you said, I probably feel bad for, for the next guy who's, who's going to face either one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is this is what we were alluding to earlier. Uh, I don't like this person. It's more of a statement, but it was a reason to bring this up. I don't like how injury-causing strikes are always discounted. I was talking with Matt Mosley about this on the other article. Who's Matt Mosley? I have no idea. I like the name People drop, keep though. saying, well, if Pettis didn't get hit in the eye in the first round, well, he got hit because he didn't defend the strike properly. Sure. That's not a fluke. That's a successful strike. To me, it's no different than saying Sam Stout could have won if he didn't <laughs> get hit by that knockout punch by Ross Pearson. But he did, so he lost. That's it. Preach. Um, I, just, I, I wasn't sure if we were going to go there, but I wanted no, to make no. sure that that, this is great. You know, that gets mentioned, that Rafael Dos Anjos hurt Pettis' eye, and there's nothing else that needs to be said after that. Saying that that was a pivotal point in the fight, sure, but that doesn't take anything away from what the champion did to win the belt. Um, and now you could, you could use that as some justification for why the next fight will be different, um, but I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't wager on it. It's funny. People, I mean... It depends on who you talk to, but some don't want to give credit where it is due. Some, you know, are making excuses. This one is weird, though, because it wasn't even an injury or something. Like, he was punched in the face. You know, it wasn't even a, a fluke thing. Yeah. So it's bizarre. I, I mean, I think a lot of times more the vision comes into play. If it's strictly a stand-up fight, you can't see punches coming from a certain side. But by that point, you know, in the later rounds, essentially, Rafael was taking him down, grinding him up against the cage and, you know, having his way with him. Um, it wasn't much of a, it wasn't much of a stand-up war like the first round was. So I don't know how much of a, a of an impact that has. Certainly, as I said, you know, two eyes is always better than one. But I'm not gonna really put too much uh, weight into that. I kind of feel like anyone who isn't giving him credit deserves a little. Oh my god! Too much. Did you see them rapping in the locker room? So, Anthony Pettis Did you see versus that? Edson Barbosa. No, I think I've created a thing here. Roy Jones was rapping in the locker room with Jean Pascal. Now, Jean Pascal lost. But they oh, were rapping on I HBO. I think I saw that on, on your Twitter. Saturday. Yeah, yeah. What the heck? 
he hasn't brought out this song in years. And now all of a sudden he's rapping in the locker room before the fight. Maybe he forgot. Well, I think all the haters out there for RDA, y'all must have forgot. Keep going. <laughs> does not apply to every situation. It does. Uh, now that Pettis has lost, I think this is a perfect opportunity to put him against Edson Barbosa. Sure, you can go the Nate Diaz route as this uh, beef is there, but stylistically, this fight can, would create fireworks. If uh, It is a fight that can make Pettis look like a star again and give him some momentum, while on the other hand, if Edson Barbosa beats Pettis, you have a new contender at lightweight. The yeah. best part about it is, is you're not killing off any contenders as they're both coming off losses. I like the Nate Diaz. If we're going to choose between the two, I go with Nate Diaz. Mm, I really want to see Pettis Barboza. Barboza is fun too. I mean, I suggested in the uh, the post fight wrap up with Sean Al Shadi, the the new media dar darling. One could say he's the new New York Rick in that <laughs> sense. That the Michael Johnson fight makes a lot of sense, but also that is a good fight. Yeah, Benson Henderson might be coming back down now because now the path is open for Pettis. Well, yeah, no, for Benson because I'm. Oh, Benson coming back to take Because as take long the as title. Pettis was See, champion. I thought you were saying Pettis versus Benson. No, no, no. You're saying Benson soon. coming back to to take to go after the lightweight title. That I understand. You gotcha. know what I mean? Gotcha. Yeah. So I, I'd like to see him at 170 still. but I would as well, but I wonder if Benson's thinking, yeah. like, ooh, now the path is open. It's because open. You could, you could sell that rematch. And there's there's a lot of guys there now that Benson hasn't uh, faced near the top. Um, so uh, So I like it, yeah. My big question is, how long does Anthony stay out for? You know, like, he, he, he fought in December. He wanted to be active this year. Remember, he said he wanted to fight yeah. three, four times. Is that still the case? Who knows? Typically, these five-round, you know, maulings, for lack of a better word, take a, a bigger toll than people who, you know, get knocked out quickly or, or suffer some kind of submission or something like that. So I wouldn't be surprised if he takes more time out, and he probably should. Uh, next question. CM Punk suffers uh, from team loss. With the beatdown Rufus Sport took on Saturday night, does that take away from the excitement of CM Punk? Also, do you see anything exciting about being able to watch a guy grow from basically nothing? Okay, with the first part of the question, I mean, I don't really think it takes anything away. Teams are going to lose all the time. And by, by the way, by the time he fights, I mean, Anthony and Sergio might have fought like three times. You know, if he Anthony fights... Anthony might be champion again yeah. by that time. So, A, no. B, uh, also, do you see anything exciting about being able to watch a guy grow? Yeah. I, I'm definitely intrigued by it. I mean, of course, everyone knows how I feel about Punk, and I'm fine with the whole situation. I had a chance to uh, go to, like, a media gathering with him, and, you know, he, he says all the right things. He's very humble, and I've talked to some people. You know, he's been there for two and a half months, and he has come a long way. He had his first sparring session. He's sparred since then, but he had his first one not that long ago, and he was very open about, you know, how he did in the fight and all that. Um, I think it's, it's a story that is going to do unbelievably well for the UFC. It's a guy leaving one form of entertainment, with essentially no background at all in, in, in this new sport and, you know, picking a team and just working his way up. And that's fascinating. I mean, there, there's a story there for a lot of people about chasing dreams and believing in yourself and all that. So it's not just about CM Punk fighting. Um, and like I said, I hope they're chronicling every single second of this thing because how cool would it be before he fights if we get to see day one choosing Rufus Sport the, the sparring session, him at this fight, all that stuff leading up. I mean, that's that's just gold right there. So it's going to kill. The idea of him and Brock on the same card was asked by me. Um, I don't know if it could beat 1.6 million. That's, that's what most people believe UFC 100 did. They'll never say because they don't make those numbers public. But I think it would kill, and I think that they should do that if, if Brock does come back. Before we move on, it's been a little negative about Anthony Pettis. I want to say one thing just quickly that – Anthony Pettis will be the last person to make an excuse for this loss um, and that he'll 
more than likely, you know, come back stronger. Um, after the Clay Guida thing, he, you know, a lot of guys would have made an excuse. He took me down. He laid on me. Um, you never hear, you never hear that from Pettis. Yeah. Um, so respect to, to that guy. And, uh, I'm sure, you know, big things are ahead for him again. By the way, speaking of punk. Yeah. I don't know if you know this, but I made a, a few cameos on the UFC on FX broadcast on Saturday night. And then I went on my Twitter, and all these people were saying, like, what's wrong with your eyes? Are you high? Are you not sleeping? What was going on? There was nothing wrong with my eyes. Did you see that, too? I don't know if I was watching that. You weren't watching the prelims? Oh, on the prelims? You came on the prelims? Yeah. I was on Maybe twice I on the prelims. Attention. Jesus. I had two cameos on the prelims. I don't think I've ever had two cameos. And where were you? What were you doing? I was watching the prelims, but only the I fights. was on the... Well, what do you do? You can't... You fast forward through them? It's live. No, I mean, if I heard, you know, Joe One Rogan's time. voice, maybe a perk up and wow. you know, look at the fights. And Right after Elias Theodoro, after they announced him as the winner, his post-fight interview, they went straight to me. And what'd you do? What was the spot? first time I was talking about them going to San Diego and them going to... Uh, oh, yes, I did see. I saw so when you announced... I saw when you announced the... Yeah. Why are you hating? How am I hating? You, you just dismissed it like you didn't see it. I forgot it. it. I mean... I mean, look, if I were at home and you showed up on TV, I would well, feel pretty be, excited about it. <laughs> that would be a different circumstance altogether. Why? I mean, who? who what favor was I able to call in to... I'm make just it saying, onto TV. You know, it's, it's nice to know that sometimes, like, you know, your teammates are, are happy for yeah, you when I you mean, make a, an appearance. Yeah. No? You're like, oh, get this guy off. Put in, you know, who? Joe Schmo. I don't know, some <laughs> other person. Anyway, nothing wrong with my eyes. I don't know what everyone's talking about. Well, it's very I, saw, bizarre. I saw that bit, and I didn't notice anything wrong with your eyes, but. Okay, so everyone just calm down. I don't do drugs. <laughs> That's what they were saying it was? They thought you were high? Yeah. No, I can I can confirm that. Okay, just saying. Uh, Habib's trash talk. Cowboy said recently that Habib is really getting under his skin. The last fighter we've seen really get under Donald's skin was Nate Diaz, and that was arguably his worst performance in the UFC. Is this fight already lost for Cowboy before it begins? If no. he continues to allow Habib to talk, uh, Habib's talk to get to him. I will say this though: I saw Cowboy, and he's very nice to me these days. I like it a lot. He did say even you know. Outside of the Q&A, this guy, man, really getting under his skin. I love it. I want to see a motivated cowboy. I want to see a pissed-off cowboy. Now, the question about, you know, the mental side of the game, that has been brought up, but I feel like cowboy has turned the corner. Remember, before the big fights, the Diaz fight and some others, even the, the RDA fight in uh, August of, not last year, year before, we always thought that, uh, you know, he couldn't get over that hump. When it was the big fight, he didn't deliver. Same thing in WEC. But that has been thrown out the window with some of these wins. The, the Benson win in January, the, the win over Eddie Alvarez, the win over Miles Jury, co-main event. I mean, Cowboy's a totally different fighter, and he works with a, uh, a sports psychiatrist now. So it's going to be interesting because all those guys didn't really get under his skin. You know, Miles, um, Benson, Eddie, there wasn't a lot of trash talk there. Habib is going at him, and he's going at him pretty hard. And he's calling him a fake cowboy and all this stuff. So it's going to be good. I, I can't wait. What a great fight. I just wish it was sooner. Future champion. Who? Donald? Habib. Oh, yes. Come on. I've been saying that every day on the show. I know, but I wasn't even talking about him. I was talking about Donald. Yeah, but... And then you, say you, you said you can't wait for that fight. Yeah, yeah, I know, but there are two people fighting. Yoana uh, champion. Was Yoana becoming champ the best-case scenario for the UFC and the 150... Uh, I'm sorry. 
the 115-pound yes. division moving forward. She's fun, and fans seem to have really latched onto her. After the mugging, she put on a spars on Saturday. Do you see anyone being able to take that belt anytime soon? Well, sure. I mean, I think she's very good. Uh, I think she's excellent. She's amazing. I mean, her striking is is incredibly impressive. Her takedown defense was very impressive as well. But this is a young division, and in these young divisions, uh, there might be a little more parity, and 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 the belt could change. I mean, we've seen this before in these in these new weight classes. Now we've also seen dominant champions like Demetrius Johnson, but nothing surprises me anymore in MMA. Rafael dos Anjos is the UFC lightweight champion. Have you not heard? By the way, did you know that on Saturday the last guy to beat Conor McGregor fought on that card? Did you know that? What's his name? Joseph Duffy. He, and, and the cool thing about it is that he's also from Ireland, which I think just makes for a great story. This wasn't talked about at all. I was very surprised about that. Um, I mean, that's a great selling point. Anyway, back to Joanna. I think it should be either the Claudio Gadelia. I like the idea that Dave Meltzer brought up. I mean, it's kind of a, a four-man tournament, in, or four-woman tournament, excuse me, in her home country, in Poland on April 11th. That, that card, that Fight Pass card, all of a sudden got a whole lot more interesting, in my opinion. So let's see what happens. If if Calderwood wins, I would really love to see that fight in Scotland. I think that would make the belt feel very important. Two Europeans fighting in Europe for the belt. You know, the debut in Scotland. You, you can't script it better than that. So we'll see. I think every time we get a new champion, we hear how they're unbeatable and there's nobody left to fight them. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, so it's getting a little silly. Yeah. And her last fight was pretty close. I mean, let's not act like she's been storming through everybody. Do you agree with Dana? that Johnny Hendricks' performance was not per- impressive. I thought he looked really good and champion-like. Matt Brown is no joke. Matt Brown is no joke. And uh, I don't necessarily agree with Dana. I, like I said in the post-fight wrap-up as well, I mean, sometimes I feel like our expectations are sky high. Or, or, or actually, I feel like they're, they're, they're almost ludicrous because you have a guy in Johnny Hendricks who is a wrestler – that's where he came from. And, of course, he's turned into a guy, you know, he's got power, all that stuff. But when you fight Matt Brown, why would you just stand in a phone booth and trade with him? Why wouldn't you use your wrestling? Why wouldn't you get that win, especially when you just lost your belt? I mean, yeah, it would have been great if he would have stood there and they would have traded for three rounds. It was slugfest. But why the hell would you do that? The name of the game at the end of the day is to win. And I think the timing might not work out for him. I kind of feel like he'll get another shot you know, another fight before he has to fight for the belt, before he earns that title shot. And I think the Woodley fight makes all the sense in the world, especially if they can make it happen on July 11th. But the criticism, I mean, well, what are we thinking? I'll say this also. Outside of starching Campman and Fitch, he's been a decision machine, Johnny Hendricks. Um, this is not, like, this is a very prototypical Johnny Hendricks fight. There wait was a second, no- wait a second. The Robbie Lawler fight, the first one, was fight of the year. I don't care decision or not. That was an amazing fight. The second one was pretty darn entertaining as well. So let's not We're not, pretend I'm not talking like it was about level fight. of entertainment. I'm talking about how he fights. But that's what people want to see. They're like, oh, that was boring. He's laying prey. I mean, when I, I, I remember I tweeted right after dominant win, the win he needed, and I got, that if he win thought, sucked. That was if boring. If he thought he could shoot in on, John, on uh, Robbie Lawler and take him down as easily as he did Matt Brown, I can guarantee you he would have. But that's just that, that, that's not realistic. I think people were more upset with it being "quote unquote" boring as opposed to it being a decision. Because even the Condit but, fight was arguably fight of the year as well. Mm, I don't know about that. That was a great fight. It was a good fight. You forget it was it no. Was it was a sh- really good. fight. It was on the short list. It was top five. I don't know about that. I mean, it wasn't Matt Brown versus Hendricks, right? People aren't going to hold them the same. No, maybe not. But it was a very similar fight. 
I mean, if if I don't know if, if it was very uh, similar. It was very very similar. If Hendricks hadn't hurt his hand, I think that's what it was. Uh, that third round would have looked exactly like the first two. Um, it would have been um, they would have been almost identical fights uh, if he hadn't gotten hurt. Um, Condit came on in the third round because Hendricks had hurt himself and couldn't get couldn't lock his hands for a takedown. Uh, but that fight was ex- going exactly the same way this one was. Johnny Hendricks has a very unique combination of power uh, and and aggressiveness in his wrestling. He'll hang on to that leg until he gets you down. And um, once he gets you there is where he has a little trouble finishing the fight. Um, but I'd say that this was nothing uh, like this was too as as expected from Johnny Hendricks. This is exactly what he needed to do and exactly what people should have been expecting him to do against a guy like Matt Brown, who, you know, d- doesn't do so well stopping takedowns. And uh, Johnny Hendricks utilized it to his advantage the same way he should have. And by the way, I don't know if it aired on the show or if it's even online, but my post-fight interview with Johnny Hendricks, he was very honest about his performance and saying that, yeah, you know, sometimes maybe he's waiting for them or he needs to pull the trigger, this and that. I mean, he was very honest. I'm not saying it was fight of the year, fight of the night, whatever, but I had no problem with that fight, especially when you consider the fact that he needed to get back to the belt. Again, let's not forget... Sometimes you got to do what you got to do to win. It's a guy with three kids. He's got a family. He just lost the belt. If he would have lost that fight, he would have gone all the way down the rankings. He did what he had to do. He won. He had the perfect game plan. Get off his back. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of good game plans, what's next for the Ream? I personally thought he looked good and fought a great fight. And training at uh, Jackson Winklejohn is clearly paying off. Who would you like to see him fight next? P.S. Wasn't the body of Roy brutalized? There's only one answer, three letters, JDS, end of story. I like it. I'd love to see that. Has to be it. And yes, Roy was tenderized like oh, a yeah, piece of Roy. Meat. Much respect. The guy's unbelievable. Holy moly, this is a long one. It's about Roy. Is Roy Nelson the best example of wasted potential in the UFC? What? Roy is a good fighter. He just doesn't seem to care about the lifestyle of being an athlete. He is constantly out of shape, reckless about his health, and his athletic performance. Win or lose, he never tried to change his style and or improve his skill set. Big Country's game plan is always the same. He's a one-trick pony who's just looking for that big overhand right. And that's a shame since he has some of the best grappling skills in the heavyweight division. And when his opponents play it safe and avoid his power punches, he just gets frustrated and moans about them running away from him. It seems he just lacks the cardio to do anything about it. I was a big fan of Roy, but it gets harder and harder to like him. He acts strange in front of the media and always thinks he is the <laughs> smartest guy in the room. But his wasted athletic potential will always be my biggest disappointment about him. Is he the prime example of a good fighter wasting his potential to be great? This Damn. person sounds very personally hurt and Damn. disappointed. No, but that's what a fan is, right? Yeah. He said he was a big fan. Oh, I've been there many times with Damn. BJ Penn. Whoa. Talk about, I mean, this might be the, the hardest hit that Roy's taken all week. Um, well, I think Roy Nelson is who he is. And that sounds like a, a cop-out, but it's like a lot of these guys these days. You know, they, they are who they are, and, and, and the sport is evolving and, you know, the, the, the athletes are changing, and, and Roy Nelson is maybe from a different era. Let's not forget, he was criticized on Saturday for hitting some big shots and then trying to go for the takedown. It wasn't the greatest takedown attempts, but, you know, he, I don't think he was actually relying on the right hand the whole time. I mean, of course, that was, you know, that, that was the shot that he was looking for, and, 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 and he got it very late in the fight. But then he was criticized for trying to go for the takedown. I think that was a mistake as well. Um, but I don't think he was, he was not 
using his wrestling like this uh, this individual MMA monster is suggesting. But look, these are all very fair. Well, these are all very fair uh, criticisms of Mr. Nelson. It's fair to a point. Roy hasn't been that guy in a long time. You know, the guy who took Kimbo down and you know put him in the crucifix and elbowed his face. But you know, Roy. He's, but by the way, Roy on the Ultimate Fighter was a different kind of Roy because he was he admits this. He was he was just looking for no damage. He wasn't going to go in there and, and slug away. Well, that's my point. Since actually entering the UFC. We've never seen a fight like that from Roy Nelson. He's so if you've ridden the train this long, just keep on riding until the wheels fall off and watch him throw those fastballs. That's what he's gonna do, and that's what he's good at. Hmm. Um, I don't know why you would expect him to all of a sudden, you know, turn into, you know, uh, NCAA wrestler and try and take Overeem down. In fact, you know, Overeem's wrestling is probably better than Roy's. So um, just watch him throw the fastballs because Overeem was every, the better fighter. Every that once night. in a while, he. He hits a strike, and it's it's a lot of fun to watch. And by the way, let's not forget he has lost weight. You know, he was at ATT. I think he's doing what he can do, but you know, he is who he is. At yeah. some point, at this age, let's not forget. Quickly, Roy Nelson. How old? I'm going to say he's 37 or 38. I mean, he's getting there. Uh, he is 38. And he's turning 39 in June. So this is a guy. I mean. He, he is who he is. He's been doing this for a very long time. It's hard to just completely change yourself at this point. All right, let's go quickly. Is it fair for Ryan Benoit to see, receive no punishment at all mm-hmm. for kicking Sergio Pettis after their fight? Similarly yeah. to Claudia Gadelia, uh, an apology after the fight seems to have made the difference between receiving no punishment at all as opposed to receiving the Paul Daly treatment. Is an apology enough in these cases, or does the UFC need to send more of a message to their fighters that these post-fight actions won't be tolerated? Look, I'm going to pass on this one because... I can't sit here and justify the release of Paul Daly. So I can't sit here and justify the not release of Ryan Benoit or Claudio Gadelia. I, I, I didn't think Paul should have been released, and I don't think these other two people should have been released. Well, I think they're different situations. Of course they're different. But the point is, you're making me try to justify one over the other. One should have never happened. They were all very bad. They were all very unsportsmanlike. And, uh, and, and they, there should be some kind of... I mean, if you kick a guy after the fight... You should be fine for that, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. If you punch someone after a fight, you should be fine. Should you lose your job? No. You shouldn't I, lose your job. I think the commission came out and said there will be no punishment yeah. as well. I, I, I mean, and, and look, the commission didn't fire or suspend Paul Daly. It was the UFC who did that. So the UFC could do whatever they want. I think unsportsmanlike conduct deserves some kind of penalty, even if it's $100, some yeah. kind of penalty. But you don't deserve to lose your job for any of those. Now, if you you know take a guy and tombstone them and break his neck, of course. I mean, that's that's disgusting. But I don't think any of those deserve contract termination. But they, they do deserve some kind of action because it is unsportsmanlike. It can't just be you apologize and that's it. You get what I'm saying? Sure. Uh, and I think part of this is also the way uh, Sergio Pettis handled it, where he— They you both know, handled it great afterwards. Yeah, he just said, you but, know what? Well, you do it, you do it. Yeah. Um, did Duffy miss his chance to bring attention to himself and call out Conor McGregor for a potential huge rematch? The, 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 the Joseph Duffy thing is a fascinating thing in all seriousness because this is a guy who beat Conor McGregor and, and, and is the last man to beat him and then goes out and has a, a pretty solid boxing career, comes back to MMA. You heard him on this show. Looks amazing and then blows away the competition on Saturday, Jake Lindsay. And he is completely different than all of those SBG guys and, and all the other Irish guys that have come to the UFC thus far. He, he's, he's a lot quieter, humble. He does, he's not taking the bait. You know, he's, he doesn't want to quite go out there and say, I'm the guy. I mean, could you imagine if the, the, the roles were reversed? If Connor was the, the last guy to beat Joseph Duffy and he was doing what he was doing? Um, even the media, I mean, I know some of them were kind of joking with me. 
there was no Irish media there. There were no European media. It feels like the fans and the media from Europe, and in particular Irish, uh, the Irish kind, haven't rallied around him like they did for the others. And I, I don't know why. Is it because I don't know why? Is it because he doesn't live in Ireland? His, you know, his girlfriend's in, in London, and uh, he went to train at TriStar. I mean, he doesn't kind of own it like they do. Who knows? But uh, this is this is a huge deal. Keep your eyes on this one because this could be a massive fight. The reason why is exactly what you laid out right before that is because he's not making noise. And I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's the noise thing, fine, but it's also that I he hasn't really claimed it. I know recently he's calling himself Irish Joe and all that stuff, but think about it. I mean, London, Montreal, he's not there, you know, with the flag and saying I'm here and come get me and all. It's it's. I think they're a very proud nation, and that's my that's my sense of it. But all that being said, he is a tremendous fighter, and he looked great on Saturday night. And I'm really, I hope he can make 145 because I think that would be a huge fight down the line. And and if if Connor loses, then maybe he goes 155. Who knows? I'll tell you this though: if Connor loses, if Connor loses, I would like that for be to be his next fight. Two championship belts change hands. The next two events where this could be a possibility are UFC 170, uh, 187 excuse me, and UFC 189. In your opinion, which event is more likely for the double? Also, who are your picks out of the four? Here are some betting odds for those. So if you pick, if you bet on Vitor and Johnson as a parlay, Jesus, you get 12 to 1. If you bet on McDonald and McGregor as a parlay, you get r- roughly 3.5 to 1. I think if I had to pick one, I'd go with 189. If you want to yeah. see the sweep, well, I think the. If I had to pick one, I don't think there's going to be a sweep. I think at McGregor is the most likely. No, I'm sorry. I think McDonald is the most likely to win the belt out of those four. And then the second. So is McGregor, right? I mean, yeah, I, I think Vitor has the the least possibility, and I think McGregor. Yeah, All four, forty-three to one. Well, no, that's not happening. Same. But. uh yeah, I, would, I wouldn't parlay any of these, to be honest with you. What else? Uh, now we're moving to Twitter. Hang okay. tight while we do that, while we make the transition here. Running out of time here, so we will run through these. Great moment also seeing uh, Dana White's son sitting cage side. How about that? Imagine hanging with your dad, who just so happens to be Dana White, watching these fights. Uh, with Joanna bringing the belt back to Europe and Connor about to do the same, which Eurofighter is the next champ? Gosh. Um, I don't know. Do you have a crystal ball? I mean, the, 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 the two obvious ones would be either Connor or Nurmagomedov, right? I think, I think Nurmagomedov is... Beats Connor to the punch? I mean, I don't know. Con- I, I really have to... I've gone back and forth a million times in my mind on Aldo McGregor. Um, but I think I, I know that Habib will be the champ. Mm. I don't know if Connor will be the champ, but I know that Habib will be the champ. Wow. Didn't you say the same about DC? No. You didn't say I know? No. Hmm. I wish. Okay. Um, yeah. No, it's not the same. I mean, the the, the guys <clears throat> at the top are not John Jones. It's just, That's just the fact of the matter. The guys in lightweight, um, while the division as a whole is incredible, there's not a, there's not a guy like a John Jones that could stop uh, Habib's wrestling at this point. I mean, look at what he did to the current champion. Yeah. It, it was a... It was a wash. He, he destroyed him. Um, and the only thing that stopped him so far is injuries. Now, he had a, a very close fight with Gleason Tebow, but it was a very raw kind of early performance for him. Since then, he's just destroyed everybody. Uh, did Henry Cejudo have the walkout of the night and possibly the year? Well, it's early, but it was great. I love that he came out to the NBC Olympic theme. That was amazing. 
Henry's a star in the making. He he's, is. Yeah. He's great on the mic. He speaks Spanish. I mean, there's there's so much going for him. He's got a great story. Olympic gold medalist. That was a great one. By the way, I stumbled upon this, uh, and I forgot to ask her about it. But Joanna's is was this Polish rap song, and there's a video for it that someone sent me, and she's in the video. And I wanted to ask her the story. I think the story is, and and the name I'm going to spell it for you: R E N A G O S C. G-U-T-E-K. I don't know what the heck that means. It's Polish, obviously. But I think the story is that she was bullied, and then she goes to a gym to to get the bullies. And, she stomps uh, some fools out with her Jordans. And it's Yeah, and it's uh, Polish rap, and she came out to this song. I uh, I failed to ask her about it. I will next time. But that was also a great one as well. But Suhudo, much props. I loved it. This is the song, by the way, if you can hear it. it's uh, It's a pretty great video, by the way. Next question, how was it behind the scenes without Bert there this past mm. weekend? I mean, uh, I've actually been to fights where he wasn't there because sometimes there were fights, you know, the same place. People were talking about it. Um, but, you know, as he said, the show goes on. These things happen. And, you know, I don't think anyone was holding their head. He sent that video to Carla and stuff. But the show went on. And I don't know if there were any hitches or anything like that. It, it, it will go on as it always does. What's the hardest name you've ever had to pronounce and the worst you've ever mangled one? What pronunciation help do you get? Wow. Um, from our good friend Ash. It's been a while since she asked the question, right? She asked one every once in a while. Well, that got picked. Really? It's a good one. Um, well, Young Jacek is, is a doozy. It's got to be, right? When that was up there. Um, there are a couple that come to mind. You know how I have help with it? How I get the help? They send us these... Uh, they, they ask every fighter to say their name in a phone and then they send us the audio file so you get to break it down they'll say like Joanna Jacek, Joanna Jacek, and, and, and so you just listen to that a thousand times and you get to learn how to say all the names and I think that's important nothing bothers me more when they mispronounce the names you gotta get that right that's, a, that's, that's respect that's a person's name Does MMA oh. have a Christian Leitner? Wow. In reference to Ariel Hawani's appearance on ESPN's 30 for 30, I hate Christian Leitner. From this studio. Did you notice it? Kyle Haas. His picture was up. Yeah, I'm sure. A li- it was blurry because you, know, you were you in know. focus in the back. But if, you, if you're a fan of the show, I mean, you, you, know. you know that that was the studio. I got to say, what a response to my cameo. Mostly positive. A few people saying, like, oh, what are you doing talking about Christian Leitner? Get out of here. Haters. Haters going to hate. There's no reason to hate if they saw the, the picture of you from childhood. Yeah. I mean, if that wasn't Malcolm, something. By any means necessary. That's what I believed in back in the mean streets of Montreal. <laughs> is there a MMA version of Christian Leitner? I feel like there is. I feel like there was when Michael Bisping was, was hated. Hmm, that's interesting. But you know what? Christian, with all due respect, Christian won two titles. I Oof. think that was part of it. With all due respect. Oof. I'm just saying. Uh, there's got to be one. Come on. I think I it was. Think I think it, it was Bisping. You think it was Biz- no champion? No. Matt Hughes? No, he was. Mm. He was kind of beloved. Close enough, though, right? At the time, I don't. I don't feel like. I feel like time has been unkind to him, but I feel like at the time, everybody loved Matt Hughes. Tim Sylvia. But different. No. It's different though, because he didn't have the looks and all <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. No. This different. is. Uh, Tito. Tito. Huh. Tito. Polarizing figure could be Tito. Different, totally different, but maybe that's the one. Tito might be the best one. Yeah, I think Bisbing is better, but your point about being a champion is is apt and fair. Hmm. Um, but Tito's not a bad one. Um, I, just tweet tweet us some uh, other ones yeah, if yeah. we're forgetting any. That's it for today. Okay. Hey, how about my guy? 
Jason Jones, hashtag UFC biggest fan on four wheels. He called you out. What did he say? He said, you don't pick his questions. I saw him. Great guy. I saw him on Friday, and he just said to me, New York Rick, skip my question. What's up with that? Ask a better question, bro. Whoa. Can I find it? I can't find it. Can I find it? Oh. Uh, No. Well, I gave him the shout-out. Jason Jones, <laughs> great guy. Jason Ryan Jones on Twitter, great to see him, as always. All right, we have run out of time. But again, thanks to all the, the great people that sent me messages about the 30 for 30. And thanks to Rory Karp for putting me in. It was a great film, and I suggest you check it out if you want to see me on The Mothership. And I think we'll hear that name, Rory, in the future. So don't forget it. That's it. You can hit my music. By the way, the UFC is back this Saturday. Didn't have a lot of time to talk about it, but it's that card that has been decimated by injuries. Ryan LaFlair versus Damian Maya is the main event. We had Ryan on the show last week. Josh Koscheck versus Eric Silva. And someone asked me, what's the people's main event for Saturday? And yes, I will tell you what the people's main event is. It's our guy, Andre Touchy-Feely versus Godfredo Pepe. Stay tuned for that. Touchy is a man of the people. It's a sneaky card. There's some interesting names. Tony Martin, Gilbert Burns, Jaina Baszler against Amanda Nunes. There's some interest there. So that's this Saturday, Fight Pass 7 Eastern, FS1 8 Eastern, all the way to around 1 a.m. or so. Anyhow, that does it for us. What a show. What a fun show this was with our new TV and everything. Really enjoyed it. I want to thank everyone who tuned in. I want to thank everyone who stopped by. I want to thank Dave Meltzer. Great insight as always. I want to thank the Dagestani cowboy himself, Habib Nurmagomedov. How about that? Amazing stuff. Good luck to him. I want to thank Tyron Woodley. Good luck getting that fight. Great to have him on as always. Best of luck to Reza Madadi in his quest to get back to the UFC. Best of luck to Phoenix Jones in his WSOF debut. Foxwoods, not Mohegan. Best of luck to Kurt Angle this Friday. Destination America, 9 Eastern. First time against Bobby Lashley. Congratulations to Joanna Young, Jacek, Rafael Dos Santos, and thank you so much to them for stopping by. Great stuff. Really enjoyed it. We're back next week. Same time and place. I love you all. There are two new champions in the UFC. We won't forget it. How about it? Until next week, I say peace. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Right now, businesses are facing tough choices. Do you cut costs or drive growth? Solve for today or build for tomorrow? Do you satisfy your shareholders or satisfy your customers? The answer is yes. You don't have to choose. With the intelligent platform for digital business from ServiceNow, you can say yes to unifying your existing systems and yes to accelerating growth. Visit servicenow.com to see how we can help you put yes to work. The world works with ServiceNow.